the High Plains, the Dust Bowl, the Great American Desert, Comancheria, home. I've called the Flatlands this for nearly all of my 28 years, and it is its own place. The characters are probably sitting right next to you, or living down the street. Wherever they are, these are their uncensored stories. Folks of here, the revolving vagabonds that create beautiful things out of the short grass and the powdered dust of the flatlands. Some are truth, some are myth. All of them are real though, and they are the stories of us all. The good, the bad, and the forgotten. A while back, I got the chance to sit down with Ringland, Oklahoma's Dylan Stewart in a hotel room in North OKC and talk a little bit about the new record, The Scarecrow Sessions songwriting and just about everything else under the sun played a few songs there and got off the, the git fiddle and slapped them down live so that was pretty cool it's actually named after bob dylan as well so that's a little bit of predestiny there for the the songwriter uh we kind of get in he's an okie songwriter and as i tell him and he kind of agrees with me there's some weird magic in that dirt that all those dudes in that state can just write. And he's a prime example of that. First time I actually saw Dylan was uh, opening up for Chris Knight at Grady 66 pub down there in Yukon. Had to sneak into the show. Wasn't 21 yet. Whatever, whatever. Sorry, Grady. Uh, probably my first, what I would consider songwriter concert with Chris Knight and then him. Uh, and he just, you know, first dude I ever really paid attention to really, um, that profoundly affected me just standing up there with a the guitar in his voice and, and bleeding for everybody in there listening or not. So that was kind of a turning point in my, my musical journey or fandom or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that new record, the scarecrow sessions though, released April 6th, uh, go grab it, download it, stream it, YouTube, whatever, listen to it, catch him at a show. He's also got previous albums released, uh, self-titled and then he has two with at least with a band name uh previous one dylan stewart and the eulogist album is giving up the ghost check that out and the previous one before that uh is just dylan stewart and the johnny strangers self-titled it's that's probably that was probably the first record that that i found by him uh, and then his first very very first record pay the fiddler which is probably the the rough cut version of what would become the scarecrow sessions as far as how he sounds and, and the type of songs that are in it. So that's kind of cool to watch that evolution. If, if you're, you're prone to enjoying that and being witness to that. So, uh, we sit down and talk for a while. This is quite a bit longer than the Joshua, Joshua Ray Walker one. Um, so bear with us. Hopefully y'all enjoy it and, uh, rock and roll. So, do you need a headphone? Do you put head, do headphones on? It's got a headphone. Nah, just, it does. Cool. Yeah, it's got it's, volume over here, yeah. We got volume. I think my input's turned up. Yeah, so it should be catching us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these things are cool, man. They're really great for catching if you go to a show, too, if you want to catch the live show. That's, I have, that's what I have video one for. It's like a video, but like audio 
specialty yeah. camera. But if you just want to snake, snake an audio, like mm-hmm. you want to go somewhere and yeah, say like no sure. cameras allowed, you say go. Well, that's what I started doing yeah. with that video is like just turn the video off. Just, just yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. that's kind of handheld and it'll be easy for the you know, mm-hmm. just to get in the boot. Any, yeah, I mean it's or your front pocket probably. Oh hell yeah! I've done that with this with a uh, voice memo. I had my front pocket walking a room like. Just kidding. I mean, it's kind of yeah. snaky, but you know, if it's a room full of badass people, I mean, sometimes. And you just want to catch some sound bites to throw. Just jamming. Yeah. People, you know, Jason Bowen jamming Matchbox 20 songs on a bus, stoned out. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to that on my fucking phone. Yeah, I want that for later. I want to share it for nobody with nobody. Shit, man. So, uh, yeah, man, I think it's been like four years since I last saw you in person. Um, but Dylan Stewart's here, uh, Oklahoma songwriter. From Southern Oklahoma originally, correct? Yeah, yeah. Whereabouts? Yeah. Ringling. Ringling, right on. So, uh, never go to Southern Oklahoma at night. You grew up there. Not if you don't know anybody from down there. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know somebody, don't go down there. Yeah, at definitely. Night, at night, for sure. Yeah, d- yeah. You gotta or have a family name or something. Uh, shoot, yeah. But uh, so, Scarecrow Sessions <clears throat> came out April. Was it April? Right? Sixth. Yeah, April the sixth. sixth. So, like two months out from that. Uh, I chewed on that thing for like two weeks, man. There's, you know, it's one of those records. It looked, it looks like one you have to chew on. The art does, and it came across that way. I thought uh, through the audio and the soundscapes and stuff. So, like, I guess just going to that that process changing from kind of what we were talking about earlier. I guess I'm really curious going from that eulogist record that had the production and full band sound and stuff. What you know, what took you to the Scarecrow sessions, which. There's a lot of similarities because it's you and you you're always your records do sound like you but uh you know what what made you go back to the roots of your roots of your bass with a fourth record um well you know scarecrow sessions is still a, it's a full band arrangement on some of it you know okay we just kind of treated the songs as the, just like we did on the eulogist record too there were some that were stripped down but um but it was just going in there and not having the you know the the you know, time like, like okay, we got all this time. We're gonna sit here. And Trent Bell is amazing. He worked on the Eulogist record. He's amazing from the Chainsaw Kittens. Trent mm-hmm. Bell. He uh, he's so good at mixing and, and engineering, and he's just he's a badass, really. Uh, so if it, if I'm ever gonna get something mixed down, I'm sending it to Trent Bell. He's he's a man, mm-hmm. and he did a really great job on that Eulogist record. But he had to do a lot of stuff. He had a lot of lines of sequence. We tracked a lot of instruments. You know that for sure that were moved in and out, and um, I think that song Stay in Tune. I want to say it had like 36 lines of sequence. Wow. That's counting, the, counting drums and everything, all the different mics. But man, it was like just a few. What are we gonna use, Dobro? We're we gonna use the lead. There was like, yeah, it's just having all that production and all that time. You can you can get really lost from the essence of what you're trying. Kind of like do. the the option, the overwhelming amount of options that were just yeah, it can, it can ruin that. things, man. It can just like it's cheating, really. When you can when you can take a vocal pitch and you can move it to the right pitch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you can manipulate the sound like that. I feel like it's cheating. Yeah, a it's little like, bit. It's like a photographer that can go out and like take a picture, and then they uh, they go put it through a filter, and they get this perfect looking lighting, you know, shot that the old old the days, you know, back in the day, the photographer had to wait for the perfect time of the day, get the perfect lighting, he had to have the the right, you know, he had to bust ass to get that image, mm-hmm. and now I can get it with my phone, put yeah. it on Instagram in like two seconds. So it's yeah. like it's cheating. I think and have a better version yeah and have a better version yeah steroids and baseball are cheating yeah, you still gotta cheating. hit a 98 mile an hour fastball that's way more cheating <laughs> shoot yeah uh, so I, you are a songwriter and as like a songwriter first I mean that's how I view you I assume that's how you view yourself correct 
Um, yeah. You're usually trying to say something, either specifically or broadly, with every record, song, lyric, line, whatever you, you write. Um, what... I don't know if you want to say uh, I was trying to try to get this across in Scarecrow Sessions because that ruins the mystique uh, sometimes. But what was, you know, I guess talk about like your headspace. Where, where were you at? Because it's a very different record from the first three, which were similarish. I felt like as as a fan, but different. But this one stands out to me. I don't, I don't know. I think that uh, you know going into the Scarecrow Sessions, I wanted to, I didn't want to bring in the best musicians either. I wanted to bring in my friends, mm-hmm. the guys that I spent a lot of time with. That were all kind of going through their own little dark spell at the time. You know, so you got you know Johnny <clears throat> Shadid, uh, Johnny Up. He's played with Cody Jinks. He was on John Moreland's uh, In the Throws record. He mm-hmm. played with Caitlin Butts, and he's a uh, he played pedal steel for everybody's records for a little while. Mm-hmm. He was he's a great pedal steel player. He's the, he played tracked on it. Um, of course, Brian White from the Damn Quills. Mm-hmm. He was kind of in limbo around that time. Yeah, for sure. broke up, and he was playing lead guitar for me. And we had this band called the Anti Intervention, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool and funny. And we go around. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially but, considering yeah. Yeah, and it was a great. Uh, but we, it, man, he was so good, and he got really into my songs, he, especially these songs. He was around when I was writing, you know, these all these tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going into that with that project, it was just kind of a. I knew that it, that for me, songwriting is always first and foremost. I'm a songwriter. I, when when I started this thing, I was a songwriter. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I had to sing my songs because that's how I was going to get them out there. But I didn't care to, to be a performer. I fell in love with it later. I mean, you know, it was the. It was going to war, you know. I mean, it, was, it was chaos. Up there. Yeah. It's out in love with everything about it. But in the beginning, I was like, man, I'm going to have to sing mm-hmm. my song. So maybe somebody else will go sing the song. You know, that's yeah. right. So songwriting was always what I mean, songwriting to me was a, a magical, almost like unexplainable phenomenon. From, yeah. and, and where the songs kind of came from and how subconsciously things would get into the song that I didn't even intend, intend for them to. Mm-hmm. And it'd be done in such a fast way that it's like, I'd be learning, memorizing the song, you know, for the next couple of days and going, that got in there? Like, wait. Yeah. I, that's that, you know, like, and that's, that's a crazy thing. To, that's a crazy thing to say. It makes me sound like I'm like, you know. Yeah. Like crazy. But well, I, something just kind of came in to possess me and I wrote the song. No, I know. I remember writing it and what was happening and why, why I'm trying to formulate like speech and how I should say this. And mm-hmm. it's got to be in this rhyme scheme and how it all happens. And like, at the same time, it's like all the cylinders are firing. But songwriting is is the most is what I'm. I feel like I'm if a destined or like, you know, if there's if there's something for everybody. If somebody's born to be a, you know, a, you know, pop Vince welder, and or somebody's born to be a, you know, a, a crocodile hunter, you know, yeah. Steve Irwin. Like you know, if people are born into these things, I, I I feel like I was born to write songs for, for sure. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing that's cohesive about my four albums that you're talking about is probably the songwriting, like where it's yeah, definitely. That's, that's what makes them sound similar, because there's a there's a there's a way about I'm going about it that's not. I feel like it's not um, like anybody else, you know. No, for sure, and that's uh, that's I felt like that as a fan, and you know, there's a lot of bias probably. I always try to be wary of that, uh, you know. But I, I've yeah, I definitely concur with how you feel about that. Your songs have always they're always real. Even the ones I don't like, right, or don't you know prefer? It's not. It's like that's still a good song. Like it's still intelligent. It has some poignancy to it. You know, even even the simple ones that it's like, oh, this is just a diddly. That's kind of for fun. But there's still that little spark that you always have. There's throughout. There's always a reason why the song had to be, you know, and like, and it usually has to do with me not being able to communicate or handle what's happening to me. Or like, 
you know, or not not talking to somebody about it, mm-hmm. or letting it fester up, and then not being able to explain it properly, like you know, being misunderstood, and or just you know, or just keeping it boxed in. That's where mm-hmm. it comes out in the songs, and it always comes out, and it's always as honest as, as it's you know, mm-hmm. sometimes so vulnerably honest that it's scary for me to to go out and play them because you know I have to kind of co- kind of coat it with a mask. You know, that's where mm-hmm. that's where the poetry comes the in. The characters, yeah, yeah. That's where you can write, you can paint a picture, and then, but you can also be or something that I do and I feel like you know I listen to like Bob Dylan Towns Van Sant you know I know that they they're great poets but I feel like the same thing's happening you know what I mean what you're saying but you're saying there's something real like it's it can be as abstract as could be but when Bob Dylan's singing you know Shelter from the Storm yeah he's talking about it. I mean this sounds, these are all very abstract ideas but like I feel like there's a reason like almost like painting a, like a collage or something but like mm-hmm. you know it's almost like a a crazy dream you have that's just kind of random and yeah. everything's happening but it's like it's, it's I don't know it's, it's, it's hard to explain but there's something going on so I'm listening to that song I'm thinking about who's giving me shelter from the storm it's written so well that I'm applying it to my you know I'm relating to this and what you know he said mm-hmm. mentions a one-eyed undertaker and I'm like I know that one-eyed undertaker <laughs> but you know what I mean like there's a that's for something sure. that happens as a listener for me but I feel like he wrote it and he has very personal reasons for all these things you know mm-hmm. I feel like that there's a, it's, he's almost like you can say something literally and make it sound abstract Oh, and when you sing it, you're going to sing it like the literal feeling is going to come out. Mm-hmm. But the, and the crowd's going to take it and go, "Wow!" Like you know, some some off the wall line doesn't sound so off the wall whenever somebody's like gets up there and like, and I'm thinking about you know some serious shit that, that that's Definitely. covered up in the you know that I think that's what happens with that's what I do with my songs a lot of the time. And um, there's there's no throwaway lines and stuff that sounds ridiculous, <clears throat> you know. Is meant is meant to be there for Black Daisies. Well, yeah. oh, Black Daisies on the new record, like. That's one of my favorite songs too, by the way. Like I mean, that's... like Smashing Pumpkins, uh, the uh, Chicken and Dumplings. Star yeah, Cross yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's, there's there's a reason that's there. And yeah, that, that's very, you know, no, it didn't have anything to do with smashing, uh, literally smashing a pumpkin, but there's a reason that's in there. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's encrypted. To, that's awesome. Yeah, but it's gonna come off to the listener in any kind of way. It could go in any direction. Like somebody, people come up to me and go, "Is your song so and so about this?" And I'll go. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm like, I don't know. It is. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell them no because they heard. That's what they heard. I'm, it all, it's always interesting to me. It makes me like gets me really excited when somebody's comes up and they say something about one of my songs and they interpret it way off from what it really. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. But it's like that's still I'm as, do, that's I, as, I, as honest an interpretation as yours. I'm, I mean, they felt to, it, to that felt person. It, to that like, person. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, I, I'm, I'll think to myself, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right. You know, like that's that's good. You know, oh, yeah. but I can't sit there and go, no, now you're wrong. That song was about a little dog that you know rode a raft with me down the river, you know, like something like that. Like, yeah. they're gonna go, what? Like, if this song was like a like, epic, <laughs> like that's, yeah, that is terrible. Like, or or if I say I just made that up, you know, one day in the bathroom yeah. at a hotel, like, no, no, you can't ruin no. that. It's always tell a good story first and foremost, and that's what I was listening to. Some with Vince Gill, can't remember who he was talking to, but talking about songwriting, and he kind of said really succinctly. What, what you've said is uh, the more like specific the experience that the songwriter artist uh, communicates, the more universal it becomes because people, each individual person doesn't have universal experiences, they have specific ones. So a universal experience, no one can relate to it because no one's ever just had you know, generic things where no one has a name and, you know, the shirt didn't have a color and right. stuff. So that's, and I think that's, yeah, that's, that's what you do really well. I feel like, um, definitely for sure is, is communicate things. that's so specific that as a listener, I feel like I'm forced to think about 
uh, it starts, what the hell is he trying to say? What is he talking about? And then, you know, over time, start thinking back on yourself. Well, what the hell does that mean to me? What is that? Right. What is what? What is this exposing me, to me about myself that I wasn't aware of? You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's poetry, man. Like you ever read mm-hmm. Herman Hiss? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His poetry though, he's a great, great yeah. author. Yeah, but his his a uh, his poetry. I mean, like yeah, I've never read his oh poetry. Oh god, read his poetry. It's it's just it's it's like when I'm reading it, I'm going, oh my god, me and this guy are you know he we're the same. It's like mm-hmm. he's writing from the same place of just like you know just. The world's took a big dump on me, and I'm I'm a I was born to walk. You know, kind of like the Charles Bukowski. I was born to hustle roses down the yep. alleys. Yeah, like, hell yeah. That curveball that comes at the end of that, like that, I love that because you know you get despair, sorrow, despair, sorrow, and that very end, you're like, he's like, I was born for this. Like, fuck bring it. it on. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, that makes me go immediately. I'm I'm so so down. Like as I'm going with it, like oh man, it's not like a down. Like I'm gonna go. This is making me suicidal. No, it's more like I'm not alone. But I'm listening to that, going mm-hmm. sad, 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 and then it also when he hits that, when Bukowski hits that, or like Hess has a, has a couple, they have those curveballs like that, and it just makes you go, man, whatever you're feeling, like whatever heartbreak or sadness, or it'll just it'll crush it for a second. Like he'll go, yeah, you know, like like the the artist makes you, you know, your experience, like damn, my life sucks, and then you hear the artist, and it's like. Man, I'm so sad that someone is experiencing something that seems more painful than me. Right, or or you're like, listen to this. He made, like the, he made this uh, this sound like you know this is something I carry with me. Mm-hmm. Like this is like, don't think twice. You just kind of wasted my uh, precious time. Don't think twice. It's all right. You listen to that and you start to heal. Instead mm-hmm. of going, oh man, I lost the best thing I had. You start going, you wasted my time, gal. Like whatever, I'm out of here. Like you know. Yeah, there's been dudes since to... 1959 having to having to go through this same yeah. emotion. You're so, not alone, man. Like, well, you know, you wanted my, uh, I gave you my heart, and you wanted my soul. You know, like when you hear that, you go, mm-hmm. man, I gave her my heart, she wanted my soul. Like you yeah. actually kind of go, you're with Bob on that. When yeah. you hear that song, you're like, me and Bob Dylan. But same. He, yeah, it's, it's great. For that, you talking differently, time. and after that, you go, and then when you get sad every time, or you feel feel that way again. That's when you start screaming. You put, put that track on mm-hmm. and you, you turn it up and you're going, don't think twice or you learn to play it or, and sing it yourself. Yeah. You know, that's when it's, because it becomes an anthem to you and you start to heal and you don't even realize it's happening. But you, you know. That, or maybe, doesn't, that doesn't work just on Tombstone Blues if you want the <laughs> the juxtaposition to that, you know. Man. Not, not being like, oh, whatever, but, you know, attacking it and See, riding, I, riding down the highway. I to, hear that uh, song and I think like... I mean, I, yeah. I can't it's, drive and listen to that song, man. Ever. I'm just like, mama's in the faction. I'm in trouble with the tombstone. I'm thinking yeah. like what that means to me, and it means something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's nonsense. Like the lyrics are essentially but, but they nonsense. Are. But they still, he's still coming mm-hmm. with that attitude. There's something going on. Even like Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat by Bob Dylan. You heard that yeah. one? Oh, yeah. A blonde on blonde. I didn't. When I first heard that song, I thought, God, he, he's. It's the third album in that sequence where he's just out of his mind in the mid '60s. You know. Like if you see hanging out with too much Johnny Cash, well, he's, doing, he's just the greatest songwriter that ever. Everybody knew it, you know. And he was, mm-hmm. just, and then he was like, "Screw this! I'm playing rock and roll." And Re- Revolution, I was rock and roll music, really, with the band in the mid '60s, and everybody mm-hmm. was just booing him and didn't like it because he wasn't singing the protest stuff, you know. But he was still protesting, and he was oh, doing yeah. it in a way that was like, Angry. it was taking a step past the topical songwriting and, and more to like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it, to me, the mid '60s Bob Dylan, it, it's definitely good stuff to put on when you're when you're depressed. For me, like. It makes me. Oh, yeah. It makes me. Walk Girl from the North Country. Well, yeah, well, that's, yeah. I guess that's a little bit right outside that window, but yeah. A girl from North, North Country can make you feel like a yeah a certain like it's kind of like the blow put the blood on the tracks record on too it's like yeah similar to the fate man you're like golly yeah but it's great but you know you're hearing something like uh, 
like a rolling stone will make you walk with you'll walk through the gutter like whatever gutter you're in you're gonna walk through it with your head high like you know how does it feel feels good yeah feels fine but really though that 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 song uh, for me for a minute was like a I think I'm you know I've been a big Dylan fan for a long time Mm -hmm. I was named after him but but, um, I didn't really get it till I was 22 years old and I'd lost in love big time Mm -hmm. you know I'd, I'd just basically like dropped out of school and said I wanted to be a songwriter and I was already you know I was wanting to be by then I was 20 or 21 years old I'm like man I'm that's what you gotta do you know yeah. I, I didn't even know anything at the time but sell everything and I wasted yeah. some time but uh but you know what I mean like Dylan like hearing that like a rolling stone I remember thinking like I just pawned something for the first time because I needed money for food until my paycheck came in that weekend that was the first time that ever happened to me and I, I mean as musicians that that you know yeah, that's it. It was the last time. It was the first yeah. time I ever was like, I'm out of money. Like, and oh man, I blew like, it all at that. I'm doing that, being irresponsible. I'm going to have to go pawn this, you know, whatever extra amp. Um, so, until I get paid Friday, you know, like, yeah. or I'm not going to have any food for the next day. That kind of, you being on your own, though. I remember hearing that song, and when he's like, You better pawn it, babe. I'd just done that. And I was like, Wow. Like, I know he's talking to like a girl there, but for me. But like, even Bob Dylan had to do this at one point in his life. Which, he when was, he's like, How does it feel? I was like, Thinking. Mm-hmm. This feels badass. I would have thought like that had yeah. I heard that song. I'd have been like, "Oh man, like I just yeah. pawn that." Like, no, I was like, "No, man, this thing's the attitude that came with it. You, you, it made me, you know, put me in a rebellious state of mind. It was, he, it was cool, man. And that songwriting at its finest. And when you don't, when you can do it like that in that format or any format, it really just devastate people I, or, or rehabilitate people. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's it's medicine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's medicine universal medicine, sure. man. And that's it's funny. You're talking about how does it feel? I just thinking about it, and another thing talking about Bob Dylan. It seems like it's not across the board. Um, obviously, to me, damn songs, but it seems like a lot of his more like happier. I don't know. Like, how does it feel? Is not the prototype Bob Dylan song. That's his. That's 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 the biggest one of the biggest protest songs he had. Well, Like a Rolling Stone was one of the biggest greatest songs ever written. And the Rolling Stone magazine put it number exactly. one, I think, on their top five hundred. Yeah, whatever. yeah, it's 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 a great. And it and that's something that I feel like a lot of what I consider you know I consider you a good songwriter, uh, very good, and you know the similarities you. throughout throughout the people that I consider that is they do protest songs so like. Coily, I don't know if there's a better word for it. And there's that John Moreland interview where they're like, you know, there's an Instagram account, uh, Smile John Moreland or whatever. And because everyone's like, he's so sad. And in all his interviews, he's like, man, those are all fucking protest songs, dude. And I'm like, yeah, I get, I, I heard that too. I always wonder why, like, these are depressing. Like, what? These songs make me want to fight. Like, <laughs> you know, I listen to Towns Van Zandt and I want to go get in a street fight. Like, See, well, yeah, or, or, <laughs> or if you don't, you don't want to, um, Jump off the top of the hotel that like that you're planning mm-hmm. on doing. Yeah, you know? so, I mean, I mean that. I mean, that's those kind of songs, like those kind of protests that are going mm-hmm. on right there. Yeah, that's more, what. Yeah, not those protests, are the kind of like songs the streets, that will but... save somebody's life. Exactly. You know what I mean, and it will, because I mean, like I'm telling you, um, that's what you know. If I'm if I'm down and out as down as I can be, if I'm not writing or something. I'm putting on like one of those records. I'm damn sure not sitting in silence. Oh, like, for yeah. sure. No, I'm putting on a Towns Van Zandt, uh, you know, flying shoes or like, um, you know, the, the saddest shit I can get get a hold of. Yeah. Or whatever, whatever is specific to, I'll be like, oh, that deal. Sure. I'm listening to this. I'll put myself to the meal with those songs because I every time I hear those, I'm like, man, it just makes you go. And then it gets you inspired. Next thing you know, you sit down and you write the song you need to exactly. write. Exactly. Yeah, it's like strengthen, like strengthen the unity of pain or some weird thing like that. I mean, where... nobody was, you know. All those those 
amazing basketball players that come like in the late nineties on to could just throw down and dunks. They were all watching Michael Jordan all the time and said, oh. Man, that guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they and they changed changed the face of everything after that. Like, yeah, everybody wasn't trying to you know everybody was their their own player, but that they saw how to do it a certain way and went, Yeah, okay, whoa, 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 that's the best way that it can be done. I'm gonna Yeah, and then everybody finds their own best way. And yeah. then, then you got just people just throw just amazing like um, you know, Jordan esque uh, yeah. Now it's a, now it's run of the mill. It's like okay, that like eighth graders are doing that. Shit, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But there was a time whenever you know everybody wore like you know the shorty short shorts. Yeah. Man. I mean, you had your you had your you had uh, your Dr. J's and you had your mm-hmm. your great players, but it just the game just changed after you know you had Michael Jordan at six six coming in there and dunking on Mount Matumbo yeah. and just like Revolution. winning championship after championship and just being unstoppable, even though he was you know. Yeah, just it's just pretty the, small actually for for modern day basketball. Yeah, for sure for small. Yeah, Kevin Durant's a small forward. He's fucking six eleven or whatever. I think that you know, but it was like like Bob from for Bob Dill. I, I heard Greg Johnson said to me one time that uh that Jimmy Webb said this to him mm-hmm. that uh he said there's a uh, Bob Dylan and there's the rest of us. Um, or it might have been Jimmy LaFave, maybe. Maybe it wasn't Webb, it was LaFave said that. But it, but like, but, but but Greg Johnson's like, man, regardless of what I, my opinion, or what I say, all my songwriting colleagues, all my buddies, they say this. Like, they, they all agree. Like, Bob Dylan is the rest of us. And like, mm-hmm. it's because he's just that good. It doesn't matter if you like his stuff or not. I mean, like, his, the content of what he's writing and how, how he's able to just do that all, all the time. Like, yeah. It's just, it's good. It's, I mean... He's, you know, he wanted, he wanted a piece, Nobel Peace Prize yeah, for literature because, yeah. he, because he was, the, he yeah, was so good at his at writing songs. I mean, they're mm. great, great art on the jukebox. And one thing he has, too, which, I mean, gives him the edge over oh, the majority of, like, musicians probably, but definitely songwriters is he, the output. Like, he, he had that solid output for 30-some years, and it's like most songwriters don't get the chance or don't or don't do it. You know what I mean? Like Willis Allen Ramsey's been writing songs fifty years and only has one record. <laughs> you know, like that's how. He, I mean, that's that's you know that started out. It's been a great thing, but he just he, could, he needs a follow up. You know exactly. What I mean? like, yeah, that's like it's time for the follow up. I mean, yep. for twenty years it's been time for the follow up. Like I mean, Bob, Bob see, just kept pushing where other people either died, you know, young or just drifted off or just yeah. didn't didn't output. But he he reinvented too, man, and it was it's good. You see, you see him go through changes throughout his like career. Well, he was doing drastic things, and I think as a songwriter, or at least a certain type of songwriter, if I'm not writing songs, which right now I'm kind of on a little little dry spell, you know, I'm not gonna go into it too much, but this might be a time for me to do one of these things I'm about to mention. But like yeah. some kind of drastic change, and if it usually dra- change is gonna be uh, forced upon you. You know, you don't, you don't, everything's great. Like, oh, I love it. Every day could be like this. And all of a sudden, an anvil falls on your freaking head. And like, you're, you know, I mean, like, you got to deal with it. Like, yeah. or, or, you know, some life goes bam and just cuts it out from under you. That's going to happen. That is, that's going to happen. Maybe not as, as intensely or drastically, you know, but it will. You're going to have your ups and your downs. Oh, you're not sure. going to be able to keep peace and prosperity. But change, that change of like maybe maybe a relationship mm-hmm. moving out of your place, you, you know, something drastically happens, you think of. Somebody loves you and then they don't. You mm-hmm. find out, you know. Well, life, like I mean, yeah. essentially what? Or, or, or your dog gets ran over. Oh, yeah, it's a bummer, man, when it happens. Or, um, you know, your favorite uncle, um, you know, gets murdered in a street alley. It's like something, yeah. dra- something like that happens. That change is gonna affect you. And for me, it does, anyways. And uh, and the big one is death. Like, death yeah. is the biggest, you know, because it's 
it's it forever. You know, you, your breakup's going to be like this or that. You hate to see them. It's kind of like seeing them go, you know, so you lose like a family, you know, if you're really close to their family and mm-hmm. it's hard. Definitely. But yeah. a death, a close, I mean, and, 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 and most of the time they're not really, but you know, you don't really go and over. You know, grandma's gonna die in two months. Remember everybody? Remember yeah. she's planning on dying in two months. Like you don't have that kind of like. No, it's usually like you get the call and it's like oh so and so. Yeah, it's flat. And that kind of change just it just it, you know wilts you down. You know like um and that's why I ride like crazy in those times. And it's it's like it is a blessing to that you know oh cool you know like I work in these kind of environments like this environment you know when everybody else is mourning I can I can go to work right here, but it also sucks because because it takes it takes change like that it, yeah. to, to, to make me start really, really just documenting what's going on in my feelings, you know, really getting down to the, you know, being honest. The, the grit, the grit yeah. and the grease for like a, yeah. Saying what I'm really not scared to say, you know, yeah. or maybe something I, I put in, say in the song, it, it, it hadn't been said yet. And when it's said in the song, it's me for the first time admitting maybe something or mm-hmm. or something I didn't, you know, it's a real reality check. It's, it's time, you know, you got to ring out the sponge, you know what I mean? You soak all that stuff Definitely. up and you gotta wring it out and it's gonna be, everybody's gonna see it. So and you're see. trying to do that in that emotional state that you're talking about. But if you're not in that emotional state, you can't, you can't. Well, I'm just, I, I can, or it, I it can. Just, it, you, yeah, it can, but it's not. Can't, never um, could. As, as urgent, I guess. There's not a, a press. Yeah, or, or just it just isn't isn't going bubbling out of me going yeah. right or die right or exactly die. You yeah like, if I don't get this out this I'm gonna explode this helps this helps you know mm-hmm. you know you've, it's your track record it helps right right it for sure um, if I'm not doing that sometimes it's like right like I said right now I'm only saying like but, but here's another kind of change like I was talking about like like Bob had drastic changes he uh oh yeah you know he he was uh in the early '60s he was trying to be Woody Guthrie and then he was writing these great protest songs about his times and then he was just pouring them out and mm-hmm. it went to him it was him doing, making a difference, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't him being like a superstar. And then somewhere around the middle, you know, middle of the decade, he got discouraged with the whole, we're gonna stop, you know, he, he saw the powers that be, I think maybe yeah. we're a little the, bit more powerful. The fight died, yeah. yeah. Well, he just kind of, he, he kind of said, man, this ain't gonna affect, this ain't gonna change that. Mm-hmm. And now, now, I mean, the, the protest movement's just the same as this, you know, it's just another, yeah. you know. Co-opted, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see, he kind of got over it and he just kind of, that's when he's got the attitude, how does it feel, and that, that changed music forever. That and rock and roll became, because mm-hmm. before that it was like, I wanna hold your yeah. hands, rock Susie, and roll. There's no Q's, negative, like, how does it feel, you know, yeah. like, how, you know, that made everybody go, oh my God, like. Yeah, it wasn't negative. It wasn't the Beatles, contrary to popular belief. No, but after that, after (laughs) that, the Beatles changed their whole life. You got all this other. Anyway, it just altered. Yeah, it was it was a huge ripple in the whole thing, in time with music. And he 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 threw himself in a big change though. He went into like he was a superstar. Everybody knew him. He couldn't go anywhere without being chased around. And he uh, he was getting booed because he had this band, this cheesy band, you know, with Levon Helm and Eric Danko and uh, one of the greatest. I mean, the greatest bands of all time. Yeah, they're so good. They're called the band. They were called the band band because the people would be like Bob Dylan and the band. Like it was a resentful thing. That's where they got their name. Like they were the band. And then everybody looks back on that. You know, all these people, all those people, the folkies back then, the young folkies. Now they're like, man, we were idiots. Yeah. We now hated that band. band. We hated that band. They're yeah, playing they're the last waltz on repeat every Thanksgiving. I mean, that that stuff is so good. Those mid-60s, like, live records that came out. You're on Spotify, mm-hmm. the Dylan was. If you get a chance to listen to, like, uh, the live of 66 or the, the live at Royal Albert Hall, it's on Spotify right I've now. I've heard part of the uh, Royal Albert Hall, a few tracks. 
previously, like from people that had it on vinyl it's and stuff. So, never, it's never so the cool. whole thing front to back. It's just yeah. the room is like not even like set up for the just screaming yeah. like Robin yeah. Roberts. And it's, it's great. Garth's on, you know, it's, it's it, you can great. hear the crowd booing and yelling Judas and all kinds of stuff at him. And it's like, he was like riding like crazy on that tour, you know, in, in those rooms, he was in those hotel rooms just with a typewriter at night, not sleeping at all, writing, you know, blonde yeah. on blonde or whatever, and then going on and, yeah. And then, yeah, you just being like everyone else in Nashville at the time, Roger Miller and... and yeah, and Roger's... Yeah. And see, Bob, like, Bob also, then in the 70s, you know, or he, like, he hiatus, he, like, quit after 66, yeah. and he, like, went and raised his kids, and, um... He was married. He settled down. Didn't didn't tour anymore. And like probably got clean or straightened up, you know. And he started writing stuff like all along the Watchtower or, um, you know, um, the Man and Me. Yeah. You know, he was in these great songs then too. Uh, and then he went on to you know, and then he got divorced and he came back and started the Rolling Thunder Review and wrote Blood on the Tracks and Desire yeah. and all that. And then he got, then he went religious. Yeah. And just like that's these are extreme changes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Huge. And then he's like, and not only religious, he went Pentecostal. Like, like he was yeah, like, like snake, snake, like yeah. He was like in the thick of it, like that's drastic change. And then he came back in that in this eighties and did, did the weird eighty thing, eighties yeah. thing, and he was back to just doing something different constantly. Like he was changing his environment or whatever he's doing. I don't even know his personal life, what was going on mm-hmm. by the end, the end. But it seems to me like he was throwing himself in different, you know, not. And when somebody expected something of him, he'd go, okay, doing a similar like less extreme version of Bowie. More focused on songwriting, yeah, or, or just maybe document the, document your where you're at. Yeah, and then uh, the performance are like his yeah. his drastic changes were more focused on the yeah the documentation and he was documenting I think where he was and like with his emotional whatever yeah. and all that and uh, with a little bit of the social you know all that in there too and and doing it real well I think um, I'm a real big fan of the '80s Bob Dylan stuff. Shoot, Some yeah. people don't like it. I'm like man, the '84 uh, Infidels is a great record. Yeah. Uh, but you know, um, I think that's what I what I uh, would have to do. Like honestly, like I've thought about this, man. Like going to like, um, like almost like going to a rehab, mm-hmm. but not for like a, a drug. Like yeah, okay, you probably 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 a two birds one stone kind of deal. Like mm-hmm. time to can just get sobered up, cleansed up, go do some yoga and like hang out and yeah. talk about your, you. You know, that's good for you. That's <laughs> good for you. You know, like but also getting in that headspace of like, okay, I'm gonna get eject me out of here, put mm-hmm. me here with all these people that are like recovering mm-hmm. and I've been hearing them still talk about their lives and like how would that affect me as a songwriter? And it sounds shallow, but I don't mean like this. Like I'm just saying if you're a songwriter and you have to go to rehab, don't think about it like, oh man. Yeah. No, go write some songs about these people you meet in there. Like or like get inspired by the change that you're getting ejected out of this environment where you've yeah. been drinking. Some people I've met musicians that never have really performed sober. Like yeah. From the beginning, they had to have a little bit of booze on them. So when they're like, come, they're getting sober completely, they're terrified because they're like, I'm never, this is to me, I don't even yeah. know. I've never had all this, I've never had this input. I don't know this all. guy. Like, and you get up there and like, it's it's hard for some people. For me, um, I always felt like those were the best performances because you're really yeah. feeling everything. And you, you, you um, I don't know, there's, you're a giant antenna like, as much as you are a speaker. You, yeah, you yeah. can do you can do great under any circumstances. I mean, sure. with the exception of like going too far, you know, there's that there's that happy. I saw, oh yeah, I got to see sure. the Trump Troubadours at a Cafe. Uh, they headlined, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'd seen them plenty of times. You know, I've seen those guys. Know those guys. They're great. Love them. Um, you know what I mean? But but uh, I got to see them at this show, and it was just like they were so good. I think whatever people want to say, like. Evan Tucker was great at mm-hmm. that show. Yeah, he probably was about an hour away from being to that point of like, ooh, he didn't Bomb, need to yeah. go on stage. But he was that he was that happy, you know, like whatever that that little medium is where right before he taper off, he on mm-hmm. the stage, he was right there in that perfect, you know, 
in the zone. In the zone where he just like he would like he did one song just him and the Dobro player, the diamonds and gasolines and, and and he sang it. He just went with his vocals went to a part where he was just really in, into the performance with the crowd and it was mm-hmm. it was awesome, man. Like he, he it was a little change he made and the and he just kind of like was really singing those lyrics with his I mean with all he had. And, um, it was cool. I'm glad I got to see that because yeah. it's, a, it's a shame to see that. Yeah, that's and that's I kind of want to pause talking about Bob Dylan. Like, yeah, obviously, yeah, that's your that's your number one. But uh, as I I don't know, I'm Texan, Kansan, Oklahoma, and whatever. I've kind of just bumped around the plains. Plainsmen, I guess, I don't really claim one. They're all the same damn state. But that's a good one. I like Plainsmen. But uh, to me, you know, because Texas always like flexes its nuts, and you know we got Stevie Ray and, and Robert Earl and Guy and Towns and da da da. But but for me as a music fan, um, once I got into like really appreciating songwriting and really like kind of just washing myself in all the songwriting I could find, uh, Oklahoma as a state has this weird mystique that I, I kind of sense as an outsider um, on, on some level that it, it's a really strong tradition and the song is super, super respected in this state. I don't know if, it, do you feel like that having grown up here and being a songwriter in Oklahoma and knowing some really amazing songwriters I, currently? I happen to just listen to my friends right now. Mm-hmm. Like when people ask, what music are you listening to? It's like Wink Birch on. Yeah, but that, that's Rogers. what I'm talking about. Yeah. I can't li- I listen to it because it's so freaking good. Yeah, exactly. And I love being around these guys because they're my, they're my best buddies, but man, it's so inspiring. Like to go up to JJ's on a Sunday. Oh. It is watched like I mean, Blake Langford puts that thing on, and like even Blake is a great songwriter. If you've heard Blake Langford, like, yeah, I've I mean, JJ. Shout said, out JJ's alley. If somebody said twenty five people, like it came to me, some 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 Nashville, whatever they said, I want twenty five old key songwriters. Mm-hmm. Fill this up, twenty five of the best ones. I, it would, I, it would. Be, I mean, there's there's good fifty luck. or sixty that I can think of from all ages, like mm-hmm. that. I'd be like, golly, like that's exactly. That's it'd be a, horrible to have true. that job. Actually, I'd be like. That's what, and like Blake talk, Langford needs that job. Yeah, talk, <laughs> talking about the Troubadours, I mean, you know, through the first couple of years when Fulbright was in that band, I mean, shit, uh, you got Evan, you got RC, and then you got John Fulbright. Like, who's the best songwriter in this band at that yeah. at that point in their careers? Like, that's three killers. And, and Fulbright like, was more in the shadows, though. You know, he was just exactly, trying to lie, yeah. but he wasn't trying to. to exactly, it's just like it, it was. And Felker, I feel like Felker's the. Um, He's great, man. He, he is a great. I have high. I mean, he, I mean, he has my respect. He's a, he's been, been a friend. He's always been great, great mm-hmm. guy to me. Uh, but he he's a great songwriter. I, would, I mean, uh, right now, where whatever place he's in right now, hopefully, mm-hmm. he's battling that shit with songs. Yeah. And hopefully, he's taking man, it, and going, man. Here, here bringing it songs. That that's what he. I mean, that's who he is. I think. And uh, and you know what? If he goes to rehab, if he if he was listening right now, I'd be like, yeah. hey man, go to rehab, and listen to some of those folks, and, yeah. and cry a little, cry on their shoulder, and write some songs while you're there. Cause yeah. That's 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 a that's a crazy place. You think you think being like three sheets of the wind on stage is a, a crazy yeah. place? Try, try being completely sober for you know sixty days in a in a, in a center with people that you don't know and. And it's just like they're all leave. fighting for me. It's like, and I've, I've never been to never been to rehab, and, and I, I know friends that have have went. It's it's been changed their lives, you mm-hmm. know. Like, I, and I, I'm just saying, if I did go though, I'm just thinking about it. I'd be like, even if I didn't have a, a real problem, I have you know my emotions or what emotionally or whatever. I I, I would need. I could get something out of that. It, it's not you like know? just a completely different. It's not like a different lens. It's a completely different like optic device that you're viewing it through. It's, yeah, yeah. You or can't. Or maybe like you dodge a bullet, skip town. Yeah, another another way of like say say like um Evan Felker, mm-hmm. all of a sudden 
next week everybody's like nobody's seen Evan and then you know nobody's seen him and then like uh, two weeks go by we still haven't found him like and then it's getting out like it's not just immediate friend circles now it's like everybody knows before you know it there's all these, all these articles and Velcro's missing like what if he just dodged a bullet and skipped down like Billy the Kid and goes up to like Oregon yeah. throws a beard he's like chopping wood getting painted on, over the table living under a fake name for like eight months yeah holes up dude yeah. just to get back in like a real place in his head like mm-hmm. and maybe hit some open mic nights up there where like you know and just goes back to the basics yeah. then, then, then like after that he comes back and goes I got a new album. I wrote while I was up there yeah. living under this name. You know, uh, he comes back with these songs. And he's like, I mean, that to me, that it sounds kind of like crazy in any other play around. But for a songwriter, sometimes you got to go do those kind of things. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's not you being a fake outlaw. If to me, like that, the reason I, I, I bring that bad up is because I've thought about that. I think it'd be great for the soul and like for the. For like the uh, rejuvenator, like I mean, people do it. They people switch jobs and move to the other but part they don't, of the country but, but all, they all don't, the time. But know? no other work, no other place in the world yeah. do you really get to be able to go like as a songwriter, yeah. especially with fame, a little bit of fame regionally. Like you know, what I mean, like you'd be missed. And eight months, you come back and you went up there and got got what you needed. Come back mm-hmm. with a you know with these songs, like it would just be like I don't know. It's me. It's a heroic, like real cool way to go go yeah, get inspired. I, I think I I agree. Yeah, I think like. It, what changes in latitudes changes in attitudes. Jimmy right. Buffett shit, I think it's something know, like you should maybe consider. Like, man, there's a point in that line that's from some, you know, <laughs> beach yeah. bum type, you know, seeing that, that guy. So, I mean, yeah. I think it's just like, uh, I think songwriters, uh, I'm not saying like you should give them a, especially serious, I mean, the song of the songwriters that you tell their, mm-hmm. they did songs like they, they, you know, fell over in a pool of their own blood when they wrote that song, you know, yeah. and like passed out and it, like, you know, it's really like those songs that uh, when you're writing stuff like that, you put yourself out there like that. I'm not saying you need to cut them some slack, anybody, but I'm saying that you're probably dealing with somebody with, that once upon a time had a real low self-esteem. They probably got they got trampled on mm-hmm. most of their life, if you know, in different various ways. Uh, they probably got abandoned a couple of times, and still maybe it's getting abandoned, abandoned, and um, and they're probably socially just. A nightmare artwork, you know, mm-hmm. just to, to can't, you know, throw all that stuff together, and like, and then throw them on the stage, and everybody loves them. Yeah, you know, there's, I mean, like, that's doing something to the the psyche where you're gonna go, you know, and I I, I think that it's hard, you know, because then you're out there and everybody expects something of you and they know you and like you really mm-hmm. relate to them and like, I think something starts happening where you're more alone than ever at that point. Like, what I'm talking about speaking like a, with a felker, like a Fulbright, mm-hmm. you kind of probably feel like in a room full of people, like yeah. you might feel really, really like. Even your your buddies from your you know you grew up with maybe they're they don't treat look at you the same because mm-hmm. you you know it's like or no one else does so you start thinking well, I mean, just, it gets into your mind you, like shit how are people view you know you know I had a cousin call me uh, I got to open for uh, the Departed this mm-hmm. four years ago I think first time I opened for Cody Cannon the Departed mm-hmm. um, was up in Kansas City the Voodoo Lounge mm-hmm. and. Uh, CTK booking uh, I was kind of working with them a little bit um, at the time and they got me that gig and. Man, it hit my hometown, Ringland, Oklahoma, which is 1,200 people, you know, mm-hmm. almost Texas, down southern Oklahoma. Um, when it, that news hit that town, by the time I got back there, like a couple weeks later, went to visit, I'd opened for Cross Canadian, Rag, Cross Canadian Ragweed, <laughs> which had been broke up for a good couple of years. Yeah. Like, they didn't matter. They didn't even say Cody County. It Gold was Cross Canadian Ragweed yeah. in Ringland, you know, like, that. I went for Cross Canadian Ragweed and, um, you know, like... The, this is it like I'm off the races or something like you know what I mean fucking made it, I went back and everybody there thought I was loaded with cash <laughs> and it was just funny because I had the support thing going on but there, my cousin called me from jail um, I love him but he called me and um, 
which first of all, you got a cell, you know, you got a cell phone in jail. Like, that's a thing now. That's a thing. I got it's, a story about that after. But, uh, but you know, he called me from jail and he's like, man, I heard you on from Cross Gator Ragweed. <laughs> and I was like, man, well, yeah, it was Cody Canada that departed, but basically half Ragweed, you know, maybe a little bit better, better band as far as the quality musicians, yeah. you know, like, you know, I mean, I was like, you know, but he just did, went over, whatever. He's like, that's great, man, man, uh, man, you gonna do more shows with them? I was like, well, you know, I did, the, I got picked up the next one the next night with them. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, get, I think I made some friends. Yeah, I'll probably be playing with them again, hopefully. And, uh, you know, he kind of lingered on, and then I kind of caught, caught what was happening, and he's like, see, you're probably make, doing pretty good right now, aren't you? <laughs> and I mean, like, whatever. It's like, well, I want to help, help him out, but I was like, he, he really thought I could, like, you know, and, 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 and by all means, like, hey, say, I, that, that, that imaginary, like, you know, scenario like you sign the check and you're just blowing yeah. the cat you, know, like, you cut the George Strait like, number it's one it's like when they hit yeah. Tom Petty in the face with $5,000 and said take this to California with you he just thought that was but really he was yeah. going to get signed a bad deal but you know somebody hit me with $5,000 yeah and you don't have anything <laughs> uh, but no I'm just saying like you, you know but he had I had that kind of money I would have absolutely been like because you know I'll get you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you a new lawyer and I'm going to yeah. I'm going to send you all this for your books you know whatever like you know what I mean but I didn't have I, I didn't have the money I didn't there was nothing yeah. that changed except for I got this great opportunity and went and did it played these, these really good shows and um, some some in front of some of my heroes and like it was cool but he was supportive but at the same time like I heard yeah. that you know imagine if you're like on a level to where like everybody in your life is like that even if they don't mean to be mm-hmm. I think it would it would affect how you yeah, definitely. everything yeah. and every person you probably like tried to open yourself up to or like get in a romantic relationship with it would it would be different because that you know even at yeah no no bigger level than ragweed or the departed or yeah. whatever like you know it, you don't want do you want the do you want the chick and you want to get the, the trophy yeah. wife that only loved you because you were the lead singer of the, the biggest band in the red dirt scene or do you yeah is that what you I mean, exactly. is that how you want yeah. to be or would you want to get a chick that would still want would want you if that was all yeah regardless right? of yeah. you know what I mean like so it makes you kind of it just messes with everything you do and I think that I think when something like Evan Felker, when you know, mm-hmm. and that that, you know, him, him getting being not performing so well and being affected mm-hmm. on stage, but you know, was having they, something happen he, that he, affected. He, yeah. It's not all because he's just going, oh, I'm gonna get, I wanna get just, oh yeah, I'm gonna thrown off and get up there and just you know let all my guys down and yeah. and not be able to sing my songs to my fan. Like I don't think it's that at all. I no, think but, he's probably just having a hard time dealing with the mm-hmm. with this, you know, this this being the biggest the face of ever I mean the most successful band in the scene ever I mean everybody's yeah, favorite band sure. I mean I love the band I love the band I mean everybody loves them like if somebody doesn't like them it's just cause they're like it's like somebody yeah, who doesn't, doesn't like Tom Petty you're like exactly. yeah. what? it really you is know? yeah one of those kind of cause they're a great band they've always been a great band and and, and yeah I, I, I think that uh, there's redemption coming in that situation yeah. and I'm thinking if Evan Felker has to dodge a bullet like Billy the Kid and move off to Canada and go chop some wood and Hang like, out with Corb for a little it, bit or something. Or, 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 or Scott <laughs> yeah. Nolan and like, or, yeah, don't yeah. tell anybody. Like, be it. I just hide out for real, um, and do that, and then come back with some songs. I think he'd come back with, with a be able to you know mm-hmm. recharge battery that can probably probably keep keep this thing going yeah. to the end. You know, opposed to what like the tragedy of the artist that you know. Yeah, exactly. That, that nobody. The one that should have been or you know, might have been. Or, yeah, I mean, like whatever you got to do. I think, and I think for yeah, your sake, your well being, your you know, your people that love you. You want to take care of yourself, your health, your mental health. You know, you need to take care of that. But at the same time, my mindset is the song is priority one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so you know, I want to see him take care of himself and all that. But I think he's got some songs in his pockets, and he needs to go work those out. For I think sure. that's going to help him more than anything. And I think that whether it's a rehab or whether it's um, getting drunk on a tour bus, 
he just needs to he, he needs to go to those songs and and write those songs and and, and hopefully uh you know um dodge the bullet yeah for sure Pull the ability kid if you need to you know and then if you come back you can always never come back I mean, if you yeah i mean if you, if you love it just don't ever come back that's the deal's like i think and that's one of the coolest things i think as a fan is a lot of times when shit like that happens you know insert big artist or favorite artist the the reaction of the community is like hurry up and get back and give us our shit and uh, most of the stuff i saw and yeah i mean internet you know filters and preferences and stuff probably don't let me see every all the negative um but it seemed like most people were just like dude go get better like we don't give a shit what happens but like y'all yeah. are our favorite bit and that's that's a really cool i don't know if that's a that's a, a product of the times or what but that was really awesome to see that everybody it wasn't motherfucking the guy it was everybody saying like hey what the hell like go yeah don't come out here like this we don't want you like this that's not good but I, I, I do I do think that some of the fans were kind of vicious in their life for sure I definitely yeah there were that People but I mean see that the, they could be great I, and, I, and I stood up and I said a few things I, 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 online you know mm-hmm. like and I'm trying not to do that so much anymore I'm trying to keep it all business on there like mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, Makes it easier. I may, I may put a poem on there, or something, something random every once in a while, just to get it out there, because I, I wrote mm-hmm. something. That, you know, same as songs. You know, it's an easy way to sh- push it out there. Somebody else might get for sure. Uh, but, but you know, what I mean, like, whenever I saw some of that, I felt like I, did, I wanted to say something as far as like, look at yourself. Like, hey, fan, hey, person that loves this band, knows every lyric. Like, look at yourself and the way you're talking about a human being right now. Like, how you're, uh, you know making this person into something that you own or you, that, that, yeah. you know, has to answer you really like yeah and at the end of the day I mean the people that are that are kind of making fun of or not making fun of it really they're kind of more they're just kind the of vitriol yeah, yeah it's like an angry like um, it's almost like a bully kind how of how dare you or yeah or what like a, look at this guy you know he's just you know like and, yeah. and then I'm just over and over and kind of I don't know I mean like I'm sure it's talked about a lot right now. We're talking about it right now, mm-hmm. but I feel like the, what what needs to be um, what needs to be done is they keep that attitude that some people have had, like get mm-hmm. help, you know, this gets give him some help, and uh, well, or, you know, he ultimately he's got to get him himself. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it; it's his life, you know. What I mean? Yeah, for sure. But I just hope that you know, I hope that the people around him are you know are not making it like for sure. And if it is, then dodge the bullet. Yeah, just get definitely. Like, get the hell out, get yeah, on the back of a horse the dog, and see how far man. you can get before somebody. You know, like you just just blend in for a while. I think that's the best thing you could do. You could do just go somewhere where you're not expected. Anything's expected of yeah. you, and take your guitar. For the love of God, take your guitar and, and have it with you. And, for sure, and play and it. That's the thing too. That probably I mean is maybe unique to the troubadours talking about. Yeah, they. I mean, ragweed got big like they got and we were like oh that's never you know that was special and then like shit the troubadours uh, they played the opry man like shit yeah they they and, really they really yeah you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're the better band and it's like they're the best band and either. it's like you know especially more so our kind of music I don't know what the hell they call the music I listen to it's all similar in some way but uh you know people are like oh you know, stars or whatever are regular people and some of them have been in that limelight spot since they were five years old most of the people that I was to you know specifically Felker you you know etc cetera, etc cetera, they're really regular cats and if you're just some regular cat from eastern Oklahoma or 1200 person ringling and all of a sudden you're on the cover of People magazine I don't yeah. I didn't ever want to be here I don't know what the hell this is no. you know it's like what what I didn't want any of this. You know, one in one, in one way though, you you, you know, if we're, what we were talking about earlier, like connecting with people mm-hmm. to songs and like writing songs that are yes. really about you know that you're bleeding into, but you then if you get rewrite it for yourself or I am, 
you know, I'm writing it for myself. And then mm-hmm. I'm, there's nothing, there's no, like, is this going to be a single or is this going to be catchy? Mm-hmm. Is this short enough? I know that's never thought of. Like, then later, you know, I put it out there and it goes and does, you know, whatever it does. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, when I'm writing it, it's for myself. To, it's, it's something I need to get out of, out of me mm-hmm. and, and he's, he put on paper and be real and just, like, said or, or for whatever reason, you know. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. Damn it. We're getting too hyped up on it. Something important now. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, pe- yeah. People Magazine. Like you're getting, you're, yeah. you're getting put on this like, like a, uh, you know, like it's like it's like going from having like a really shitty CB radio mm-hmm. to going to having like the this huge like you know PA system sound system that's usually yeah. heard from miles upon miles. Thirty thousand dollar audio yeah, file set. You know, like, yeah. like the voice of God. You know, like and um, you know, I mean that that uh, you're connecting with a lot more people. Mm-hmm. So your your chance, like you know, guys like. Like Townsend songs getting all over the world now, and like that's great. You know, when he died, like that, they weren't all over the world yet. Mm-hmm. Now, now everybody's like he's one of the greatest songwriters ever. You know, yeah. he, he uh, his fame is now just like he's he's Elvis to me. You know, what I mean, like yo. He, so so he's so like he he didn't live to see that, or, or like a like a Tom Skinner man, like who yeah. who was great. You know, Oklahoma Music Hall of Fame. But like now he's getting his legend is grow, growing exactly. and bigger and bigger. And like you, you know, I go out and play his songs, and people just really. I mean, he's just a yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a you know he's a living legend, but now he's yeah. really really like the, and I love that because he he is he, yeah, he, 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 he that, was that's that. a dude who yeah for yeah. sure like as a person like as a whole package like that's a great human but, being a great songwriter like if anybody deserves it but give him Garth Brooks like fame uh, when he's alive when oh. he's a younger man and how how's Tom Skinner take that you know like yeah. well, who knows like because he was one of, you know he's just like the rest of us yeah. you know passion he felt a lot he had his feelings were going full throttle I mean like. It's not really like a heart on your sleeve so much, but these poets walking around, yeah. writing, you know, writing songs in Oklahoma. They're, they're, a, there's a consistency with how much they're, you know, they're, they're really living in those songs and those yeah, songs but, are their lot, the legacy. Like they're, they're not yeah. just like they're not trying oh, to turn out hits for for like a, you know for for you know. Music Row or Asheville. Yeah. Uh, no, these songs are like, they're survival and back. That's, yeah, the thing about uh, consistently, I would say almost across the board about Oklahoma songwriters uh, is, yeah, there there is no, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, I don't want the fame, I don't want the recognition if it, if it, if it comes at this cost. And most people kowtow eventually and take the paycheck. And that's, I mean, I, yeah, duh, you get the payday, but Oklahoma and like, you know, use a J.J. Kalitz and specifically, and you can use this with almost any Oklahoma musician, I feel like, or songwriter, uh, you know, driving to do the Johnny Carson show, and they said, oh, we, we record and you play over. And they loaded their stuff back up in New York City and drove back home to Oklahoma and said, we don't, we play live. Yeah, screw that. Like, I mean, it's more J.J. important. Kale, your integrity's more yeah. important. And J.J. Kill, you know, it's not like he died poor and poor and broke, you know, with Eric Clapton, but it's like, what could he have been if he would have played that Johnny Carson show? I mean, he's never worked, he's never worried about a dollar bill in his life, and he forsook all that for integrity, and that's... He was the real deal. Exactly. I mean, I'm yeah. saying, like, Eric Clapton's not the real deal. Yeah, no, but... But I'm saying, like, he was a different There was breed. no compromise. There like, was something... None. There was yeah. something about, you know, and, and that's the same way with, like, I mean, like... I feel like Wink Burcham would do the same thing. Yeah, that's... Uh, you know, name, that'll give me like, no. Going back to Woody Guthrie, name an Oklahoma songwriter yeah. since then, and that's how I... Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's like... Um, and that's the, the... I mean, you got your Woody Guthrie, your J.J. Kelly, your Roger Miller, they're all from Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, I mean, Leon Russell, um, 
you know, Steve Ripley freaking the list goes on and on. I mean, then you get into, you know, you got your Bob Childers in here and Tom Skinner's, you know, yeah. and the ones that nobody knows about. Your third tier that no one knows about. Or even like the, the, the old timers that uh, that were running around with all those guys, yeah. but they just didn't. Mm-hmm. But I see that guy play, like Larry Spears, and I'm like, um, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, I wrote this song on Tuesday and just play your masterpiece. Like, I wrote this one Thursday and... Oh, I forgot about this one on Wednesday. What? I wrote, and I'm up here going, I can't. I wrote a song two months. Larry's, <laughs> Larry's just, blah, blah, just kicking the doors down. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it's it's a it's it's amazing. Like, it's 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 rich. It's fascinating. It's too. rich. And it's in the, it's like in the soil and in, in the water yeah. or whatever. Over the dirt. It's it's literally uh, man. It's it's yeah. it's cool. And I go to Texas. I played a show with uh, or Key West two years ago. I went to the Key West Fest. Oh first, yeah, first for one. sure. Uh-huh. Um, I was playing on that. I was on the lineup for that one and had a great time. Um, me and Don Domino got paired together because. Jack Ingram was late. Mm-hmm. He wasn't gonna make it to the set at uh, Irish uh, Kevin's or set. You know, it's a, yeah. so it's, a, I mean, it's a big set though. It's an indoor set. You know, I, it, it's gonna be full, two hundred people or something crammed in there because Jack Ingram. Yeah, you're replacing hand. Jack Ingram. And so like, oh, it's wait. me and Dalton, Dalton. And I, we're backstage at the main by the main stage, and and I didn't really know Dalton. Um, I might have just met him through his bass player through Mode or whoever at the time. Uh, he introduced me to him, but but anyways, Cody comes up to me and goes, "Hey, man, you want a gig?" I mean, I had I had like two or whatever three gigs. That I was I went out there. They kept me. For, they keep us for five days, and we played three gigs over there, or whatever. And then mm-hmm. we just hang out the rest of the time. It's a blast, and they take care of us, put us up. It was fun. It was awesome. But you know, I basically like I started partying a little bit. I was having a good time, you know. But like, I wouldn't expect him to play again that night. And mm-hmm. he comes up, "You one gig?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, absolutely." Because you always say yes to that. No yeah. matter what. I mean, I don't care. I don't know who you are, but I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. And he goes, uh, "You and Dalton are going to fill in for Jack Ingram over at Irish Kevin's." I was like, okay, okay, great. I love Jack Ingram. So I, I didn't say that, but in my mind, I'm going, good night, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that song was a really big song for me at you know, in the beginning. Like, um, So I'm like, okay, yeah, great. And like, that's it. I just go get my guitar, and me and Dalton shook hands. We'll get up there. We start playing about three or four songs in. Dalton leans over to me and goes, Oklahoma, Okies, man. He's like, you freaking Okie, aren't you? I was like, yeah. He goes, golly. And like, that's what he was referring to. Like, he had that same, you guys are just. There's an army of you guys that's come out of there yeah. and like ants. Yeah, yeah, We're coming out of there and like, and no, we this person isn't on uh, Rolling Stone Country or they're not. Yeah. Or this person isn't in the top ten best art next artist to see or or um, or American songwriters whatever whatever. No, they're not. But they're that good. They're that good. Yeah. They're just not. But there's, there's 150 of them. And they're just <laughs> there's just not a mark. There's not really an avenue for them. Yeah. Horton Records out of uh, Tulsa is a really great. A nonprofit mm-hmm. record label organization that and Brian Horton gets them over to Europe. He gets them, you know, the Oki. I, I, Carter Sampson told me that that in Europe they pay attention to it more than in the United States. Like even Oklahoma doesn't Man, even know what it has. Somebody. I watched a Flatlander documentary about the flat, you know, Jimmy Dale and all them, and they said the same thing. They're like, we weren't anybody in America, and like they went over to Europe, and they're like people are singing along. You know, Germans are singing along to every one of our well, songs, and we're like, we can't that, sell five hundred tickets in in our home state. You know what the, that was going on back in like the petty and uh-huh. days and stuff too. But 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 what Carter was telling me, she was like, it's like a, they know over there. They they pay attention. So the track record, they say, okay, here's John Fulbright, we love him. Here's Parker Millsap, we love him. Here's uh, John Borland, we love him. You know, and then they go, wait a minute, what's what's cohesive here? Oh, they're all from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So the next person comes from Oklahoma, leave our home, we love him. Carter Sanson, we love him. So it's like they're waiting for the Okie. So now it's like gotten to a point where like Oklahoma's its own genre over there. Yeah. It's like you got your Americana, then you got your Oklahoma Americana. Yeah. The Okies, and that's the artist Okie genre. That's what I was trying to like, I hate that it's Texas country, they're not interchangeable. Like, 
there is something unique about it and it's a beaten to fucking death term but that's what you're talking about like it it's not even the soundscape or anything what what it's, the hell is it that's, yeah what the hell is it it's it's weird and the, it's not like the neighboring state has a, a poor songwriting tradition and it, like looking over here like what the and, fuck are y'all and doing everybody man? says it like players there's great players in, in the state there's great yeah. you go to nashville you got the best some of the best players in oh, the world yeah. you know, go down to austin like it's it, everywhere there's these little these little mm-hmm. we know in oklahoma's got some great players that live here oh um, sure but 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 the reason why the players like hanging around Oklahoma right now is because they they have a great lot of people they can work with that are yeah. like amazing. I you know like a guy like Haystack Foster can go on the road with Jason Eady, but he can come back here and have like three weeks off and come pick up gigs exactly. with all these other songwriters. He, he loves playing their songs and loves their. I mean I don't know it's just like like um, Scott Hunt. I don't know if you know Scott Hunt is he, he's. He, Dude, I've heard he, that name, but he yeah, spent some time up north, you know, um, Yankee territory. Mm-hmm. He was up in uh, Minnesota and like he told me about those cool little. Um, you know, Triple Dark Turtles area, you, yeah. Yeah, you find little these little music scenes and everywhere, mm-hmm. every little like they're everywhere. Yeah, a lot of neo tri- a lot of neograss came but, out. Of, yeah, but he was saying like nowhere has he ever been. Out of all the places, like is here is the, here it's the songwriters. Like it's mm-hmm. a pool of songwriters. Like yeah, you have, you know, there's great players out there. There's some really good ones in Oklahoma, but but the songwriting roster is so deep and so good. Like I mean, really though, I mean you could put like five, four volumes like. Yeah, it's, it's an Okie Wow volume one, two, three, four. Yeah, it's whatever. ridiculous. You can put yeah. that out and it just fill it up and not have, have one repeated again, man. And, and it's not tapped into. There needs to be more people like Brian Horton um, or more people out there that have that have maybe have the financial, can, you know, and I to like pro, pro, project it, like I guess, or just be, be able to like force it on the world. You know, get get some good publicists mm-hmm. working with these with these songwriters. You know, get some good publicists and get some good um, promotion behind these albums that come out so they're not just backpacked around and. Um, you know, and I mean, I guess the internet does it, changes everything. And, and that's what I feel like. That's what I I totally agree with what you just said. And that's what seeing the rise in the Appalachia, those Kentucky artists and stuff. Like you know, started with Sturgill and Chris Stapleton. That's what they've done. They've optimized on that mm-hmm. and gone. We've have something and have got people behind it. Like you're talking yeah. about that cohesive unit. Like this is this is us. Well, you know. Well, and that, I, I want that to happen with I mean, the Okie songwriters. Like right now, talking. right now we got a rare opportunity. Like Oklahoma's been kind of a. And I love Oklahoma. I'm from here mm-hmm. my whole life. Um, I love this state. I don't. I, it's home base. It always will be. You know. But we've had been kind of backwards in some of our um, laws and some of our, you know, some of the way way things are going here. Like mm-hmm. as far as you know, we've been kind of backwards. Like you know, we're we're, we're last place in a couple of things. Like you know important things not maybe not last but close to you know the tail end like, mm-hmm. you know, education mental health and all some of these things um, we're seeing a, we're seeing something happen right now here in Oklahoma you know we're number one in incarceration mm-hmm. in, in the United States which means the world per capita I mean, yeah. Know, yeah we're number one in the world so Oklahoma yeah US is the number one, the number one champions country, of the world yeah. we're the uh, you know we WWE have the, like a head, we have the, most, we have the most humans in cages we have and per like yeah we do and, and we, we you know and we have earthquakes that we, we met since 2010 we've been you mm-hmm. know we didn't have those before that in fact we were probably dead last in seismic activity now we're right there at the top um, and we made them ourselves basically mm-hmm. you know like there's some backward stuff going on so you, now with the marijuana legalization or the, you know the, the, seeing the dominoes start to fall and they're going to keep falling the, that and the teacher walkout were two well I mean yeah but I think it's all going to those were two it, massive it, like it's going to be a huge we're sick of it yeah you know what I mean like, and, and seeing that like this is all going to play like education like the all this money that's coming off this cash crop that's been uh, outlawed for so long and been, you know, told, mm-hmm. you know, forbidden, and you know, people went to prison for this this plant that that now they're showing that it helps people. It's like, 
uh, it, it was just things were ran have been ran wrong for a long time and like seeing this happen like this is a time like somebody could have a dispensary and have an operation with the with marijuana medical marijuana and they could turn around and they could fund a record label mm-hmm. they could do that with all these artists like really if somebody wanted to really get their stuff together and get a little thing going on it would be easily done to you know use the money like say three uh, entrepreneurs or three guys that are like you know they're, they're established they want to invest in this weed company but mm-hmm. they really love these music, this music but they want to invest in this uh, this grow operation and these chain this chain of uh, dispensaries mm-hmm. and, their, and their master plan would be to like okay we don't need all this money that we're going to make here you know we already make money like let's put all this money towards yeah. this record label and we'll fund and get a publicist and we'll get all this thing going we'll get this thing going yeah. like out of, out of Oklahoma, they won't, nobody have to go anywhere else. I mean, like, exactly. It's yeah. a cool thing that's to see happen. I yeah. think that somebody's going to do that. I mean, yeah. I, I really, really hope somebody does that. Like, the wheels started turning. They, they, they started creaking, and not many people heard the creak, but they're, but more, they're moving. More, more importantly, though, that money, the money that's coming off that plant will go to education. Mm-hmm. It will go to mental health. It yeah. should go to, like, these things that we can put it. I mean, yeah, and, this is not nationwide board. This is, this is a state, like, a nationwide thing, too. And it's when it's. When it's all said and done, and there's a federal lift on that on it, um, our state, our, our, you know, our deficit's going to shrink. You know, our, we're going to have we're going to have a lot of money coming in that yeah. we didn't have before because it was deemed, uh, you know. And, a, and it, you know, auxiliary wise, it fixes the, uh, you know, helps the incarceration problem and prison reform. You know, yeah. not, not not locking up nonviolent offenders, and it also it's you know it's all step and it helps breaking. combat the opiate. You know, crisis, which that's nationwide. If you're sta- if your state in the United States denying that is happening in your like, state, you're wrong. <laughs> I know like eight or nine people. Just, just this is a realistic number. Nine people I've talked to like since January that have kicked like their Xanax prescription or they've stopped eating their 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 uh, their pain pills because because the, they got the weak card. Yeah, and they get to go in there and they go, well, I've been taking these, but I'm tired of taking them. I've been taking them for twenty years. Like, yeah. you know, and, like they're like, well, here, this is the. And you, oh, you're a diabetic? Here, this weed will might make you really hungry, but it'll yeah. get you real high. You know, like, okay, that's that's specific. You know, like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you're going in there and talking to people that are, um, they may not be a physician, but they're they're treating themselves. You know, they mm-hmm. know the product. They know what they're selling. They know how to help you because mm-hmm. it does help. It helps me. Yeah, for and sure. Marijuana helps me um, live in the, in the now and not be so, I think about tomorrow or yesterday, mm-hmm. what I didn't do. or the, You know, it helps me, it, it centers me and puts me in a place like, like here we are right now. Mm-hmm. I'm running, I'm alive, you know. I gratitude so many things to, to be grateful for mm-hmm. you know expectation needs to be high well my expectation down you know down the expectation high on the gratitude like it helps me do that and, yeah. it helps, and for me that's a that's a monumental thing it's like it's day. a it's a like a like not it's a, it's a better version it's a less strong version of ssr like dude i'm just a, i'm i'm not like i don't want to go jump off a building depressed i'm just really in a bummer rut and like i can't get over it i don't need to have an ssr that's going to make me you know do some crazy shit and have all these crazy side effects because it's not that extreme i just need i just need a little something and pharmaceutically they haven't created that but yeah i mean it was already created yeah it's already been created yeah. it's grown out of the ground we can just perfect it now and yeah. do things like we never imagined i mean like, yeah i just um I think that it's it's cool to see in Oklahoma do it right. You know, mm-hmm. like Oklahoma's been backwards on a lot of things. And keep in mind, I love Oklahoma. I'm not saying I'm not saying either political. Side. I mean, both sides are. Should have been backwards yeah. on a few things, a lot of things. And I feel like um, seeing Oklahoma take this this marijuana, uh, you know, step in the right direction with marijuana laws and seeing us do it right, almost better than well, the states before us. And yeah, it so is. quickly too. And it's just it's turn around. And we're right now. We're already getting this. This coming back around, I mean, it's it's it's, it's changing everything right in front yeah. of your eyes. And it's a real good example too of like, you know, having 
you know, lived in Oklahoma when I was a kid a little bit and then moved to Texas and then went to school at uh, Swasu for four years, kind of like a bastard child of the state. It was always like, man, like if the people of Oklahoma actually made the decisions, God, this is a great place. But for whatever reason, you, you talk to the majority of people that live in this state, regardless of where they lie on the spectrum, it's like no one agrees with, with the shit, you know, what, how it's being ran. And, you know, the teacher walk out and then that that uh, medical bill passing for me was like, finally, like they they finally were like, what the hell? Like we, we're this, we're, we're going to tell you we're this. We're not going to be told we're this other thing anymore. It was, it, it was a lot of people agreeing, you know? Yeah. It, not uh, a large population. It didn't matter if you're right or left, mm-hmm. what you wanted. Like you, you, you couldn't say, man, the teachers, they need to go back to work. And yeah. it's like, you really couldn't because you're, you have kids. Or no you have, same person. You want to yeah. see the future. Like you couldn't, you know, pay the teachers, man. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of our, like blue collar working guys that work their ass off. They probably heard about that and went, "Damn, I couldn't teach teach a kid a class full of you know room full yeah. of kids. I'm out here working on the you know the rig. It's a hard job. You know, yeah. I mean, honestly, like kids, like I you see oh, me yeah. in there, I'd be like kindergarten cop, like except for I'd be. I've done both back. Then. <laughs> I went from teaching straight to the rigs, and it was like, yeah, man, this work is hard. But I go home and I don't think about it until I wake up to the next day. You know, when I was yeah. teaching, it was like well, constant, just like, oh my god, well, oh my a, god, you know, kids eat you alive too, man. But, but, you, but yeah. to use them, man, you're gonna you're gonna have your impact on that's them. our most important resource, and, and it's and you can really really do it in the right way if you go up there and have in there. You're mm-hmm. excited about your job every day. Like for me, it's like teaching teaching anybody something is cool. I like to learn things too. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always learn something. There's always something to be learned. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I think that. Um, I think it's cool when you can show somebody like, okay, hey, yeah, oh, there's somebody that says I can't really play guitar. This, and I'm like, here, try this, and I see their mind go, oh, cool, and I can tell they're gonna walk away with that. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, next time I see them, they may actually be, that may be just just enough to make them go, ah, oh, yeah, it's not really for me, to, or to get, instead go, I'm gonna keep playing this thing. I can do that. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, seeing little kids teaching kids like, yeah, pay pay the teachers, pay them because they're busting, yeah. they're busting ass. They're all busting ass. I mean, I know. I can't say I know many teachers that don't, aren't inspired about what they're doing. Like they know their their, yeah. their job is, you know, it's it's something to be taken highly, you know, serious. And they're either they take pride in it. Yeah, it's they, either you know. it's either one extreme, like the majority of them. Are, yeah, respect. They're all like JJ Kale. They're not going to go up there and, and you yeah. know, they're going to play the real instruments. Like they're, they're, they're all excited about. And they then there's a small percentage that's just like, God, you shouldn't be a teacher. And that's the problem is we're not paying them enough. So these people, these people get in and get the bad people get the job. Like, yeah, uh, the other ones move out of state or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then it just shouldn't be argued. And like that's like a that was one that universally everybody agreed on. I think not everybody, but lots most of the state. And then the marijuana, you had your backwoods right wingers, mm-hmm. you know, that that they may be against everything that, that uh, that's on the left that's getting put up in front of them, but. But they smoke weed every day since they were 14 years old or so. You know, they've been yeah. growing weed out there in the creek every year. Like, those guys are like, they didn't matter what to talk about. It. They're going up there and they're voting yes. Like, yeah. Pass that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or they're seeing the money, seeing the, you know, seeing yeah. like the economical benefits and they're going, or the medical benefits yeah. and seeing like little kids not having um, seizures. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's seeing stuff yeah. like that. How can you see something like that and see the stats around the statistics mm-hmm. and not go, okay, I'll support that. I got to support that. That's, that, that is, uh, that's something we need to correct. That's an incorrect thing we need to correct. For sure, yeah. Wow. Seeing it happen though, the domino effect now—it's just oh, like, it's the snowball is building up. It's just so big now. It's it's, it's not gonna stop. I'm gonna like parlay that into like songwriting and like how I've like uh, taken or like uh, I guess 
interpreted your music is like it there's similar like that oaky thing we were talking about is that there's always a real real heavy darkness you know even in the lightest stuff but like even with yours i would say you're tend more towards the majority is like a darkness yeah but there's still some there's still so much shining light yeah. sprinkled throughout it and that's that's a you know mood wise or tone wise is difficult to do in songwriting and that's but that's life though right yeah and, that, I mean, and that's I, everyday life i mean maybe it, you don't see it set on such a darker side like but really that's it man like mm-hmm. it, like i said earlier peace and prosperity you're not going to ever get there yeah. and stay there you can get, everything could go your way and then everything all of a sudden is not going to go your way and i'm, yeah. I'm talking about like life-changing things I mean you go yeah. to your knee, bring you to your knees you know what I mean those things happen and when yeah. they do you know they're hard some people don't can't get through them some people you know mm-hmm. and some people can and um, to think that maybe a song can help, help somebody for sure is it I mean for I don't know it, it, it's that's what it's drives important. you Is it's important what, yeah. yeah it's important so for somebody to listen to me say that and go god you ain't gonna change no same way whatever that, they can say that mm. but it's important if I do if, if one song I, I wrote ever wrote in my lifetime like one one song say one person's life or maybe like just just changed one a direction for somebody mm-hmm. and, and and for the better um, then, then I think it was it, my, you know it's worth it yeah, yeah. But, I, but, but it's done that for me too you know yeah. music's done that for me it's been a, you know and, and, I, and I I get enough feedback luckily through social media that's one thing I do love about it is mm-hmm. I get for I sure get, that's I'll changed never, your game I feel like well I get on. messages on like you know Facebook from people from like Illinois or, or over one day one day I got a message I remember I was probably I don't put out Pay the Fiddler maybe mm-hmm. maybe I just had one album out and I remember on Facebook and I was late to the Facebook game too because I didn't want to rap it I was like no nah, my, my drummer at the time made it for me and said here we gotta need this for yeah. promotion we don't have any management like and uh, you know so whatever like I get a message one day from France and this chick goes your music's crossed oceans <laughs> yeah that's all I said your music's crossed oceans <laughs> I read it I had like, to be French too I'm like, like holy shit like like just the, just the way it was said I can just imagine like somebody walks in and she goes yeah in French it's like your music's crossed oceans and like Oh my God! Like, huh. it made it was like a kick in the. I mean, I fired me. I was like, wow, because yeah. it was it had. And she, she. I mean, whoever this person was, they didn't just go, hey, I got this new record that I'm from France. Oh, I'm a big fan. They knew what they were about to say to me was yeah. something I hadn't heard before. Like, her, like your music's crossed the oceans. Like, that's badass. Like, yeah. I could die tomorrow, and they could, you know, at my funeral, please say his music crossed oceans. Yeah, yeah, they, no shit. That sounds a lot better than like, oh, he's good at being in France. No, his music, and they probably his music had, crossed oceans. They probably like, had that same reaction, like, heard the songs, like, this guy, and like, Googling, like, what, Ringling, Oklahoma, like, you know, right? what, like, you don't know where they're at, and it's it's just as, just as big of an ocean on the other side. If you, if you scale my songs to figure out, like, things, if you were to try, like, a detective, which mm-hmm. I, I did find, there was a journalist over in, um, Spain, found this article one day um i was trying to put together like some uh, updated epk like mm-hmm. an electronic press kit and whatever i was looking for quotes looking for like articles and like reviews of my albums uh, mm-hmm. i was googling my own name you know yeah and all of a sudden uh this this article came up and it was in a it was a review over pay the fiddler it had pay the fiddler's picture the album mm-hmm. like, right under steve earls and something else so i'm like right oh, amongst yeah. all these great people so i'm like oh this, this might be it what is this you know spain and of course it was in a different you know, I, I couldn't i didn't I couldn't read the language, so I mm-hmm. used the uh, translator, the Google mm-hmm. translator. Uh, so I copied and pasted it, and I translated it, but I could t- see the date that it was done was like after my third album had came out. Yeah. But it said the picture of that, so I'm like, what is this? And it was it was, an, it was a review of me is what it was. And he talked about all my albums, but it was this guy who had went and did all his homework about Ringland, Oklahoma. And he did just that. He went off my song lyrics, 
to depict what it was like to live there because there's no any and maybe a few other things he found like a Oklahoma Q and A from years back with Becky Carmen. I think he, he pulled something off. Yeah, that. he knew my dad was a carpenter. Because at the end of it, it's like, and here's Dylan, Dylan Stewart, son of a carpenter. I was Golly. like, whoa, like this article, like, and I can't remember the name of the blog side or where it was on, but uh, but it was awesome when I translated it. No, the geez. first, the whole, most of it, the bulk of it talked about Ringland, Oklahoma. And like the way he depicted Ringland was not that far off from the truth. He did all his homework on like the, the oil boom and like the train went through there and the, the, the animals and John Ringland and the, you know, mm-hmm. all that history with the circus and the, the winterized animals there. And then, you know, then the oil you know, busted and then they took down the train and then, you know, the circus left and, and like what's left is this barren. Like, you know, he like describes it and then he goes off my songs and then he's like, you know, uh, he quotes like uh, Loretta's twice as fast as me. Uh-huh. Around the backwoods, drinking mood. He quotes that like, and then he's like talking about how where where would you take your date? You know who would you where would you take your great gal out to the, uh, you know to the to the, uh, to the graveyard, to the uh, the trash dump, to the uh, to, the, to the, the foggy meadow or something. Like it's all these like, but it's funny. It's a, a comical, yeah. but it's also like. And then he's like, and out of that came Dylan Dylan Stewart, son of a carpenter. And I was like, yeah. I got that far into it and was like. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, this is great because some guy, some journalist, some guy would like my music that much, so he wanted to go find out some more about it. And if you listen to the, and the lyrics of my songs, I mentioned Mud Creek a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, Mud Creek is Ringling, yeah. Ringling, Oklahoma, um, or Ringling. You know, drop the G always down there. No, you know, it's always fixing, oh, yeah. going. Oh yeah, yeah. No G's here. Yeah, no G's. Not definitely not Ringling. <laughs> not not. Uh, so so Ringling, you know, but Ringling, Oklahoma, thirty miles west of Ardmore, just right there on the Red River. It's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Twelve hundred people, no stoplight. One cop, um, outlaw territory. I mean, not in the sense of like everybody's raping and pillaging. No, more so just like you can drink and drive down there a little bit. Yeah, oh yeah. You can go back road and have a good time. You know, you can be responsible down there, and uh, it's kind of lawless at times. And some parts of it's really in a dark way, kind of dangerous lawless. Yes. But but you know, it has that going on too. But everybody knows everybody and. It's it's a cool place. It's a it's a little bubble. Like it's like a frog down in the well kind of deal. I used to hate it when I left, but now I go back and it's the same place. I'm the same person. It's like I always sit yeah. in your hometown. Like, yeah, I am. I walk back to that place. I'm like, wow. Uh, except for it's changed a little bit now that I've been playing music so long. But yeah, now you open for ragweed. I, rag, I, rag, I, rag, I was for ragweed that one time, and I dude, this is like it's. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, um, it's just a it's a it's a cool, interesting little place. I like it. I go back there and get for sure. As long as I don't stay too long, I go back and get a um, get some inspiration out of it. Um, yeah, but uh, but it definitely um, it's Mud Creek is is when I mentioned that it's, it's Ringling. I think the only song I've ever mentioned the word Ringling in is uh, is Thousand Churches off the new record. Yeah, that's the first time I'd yeah. heard actually yeah. ever heard you say it. yeah. And uh, yeah, I kind of had this thing where I put Mud Creek, uh, Oklahoma, and I say that in interviews. I'll say I'm from Mud Creek, Oklahoma, and if it's depending on how the the person how well I know them or how they respond, do mm-hmm. I tell them that's not the real town? You know, like. Like it, it, that time doesn't exist. <laughs> Jim Nash down at the ranch, you know. One time, yeah, I was like, he's like, "Where are you from, Dylan?" We were doing this like live on the me, Caitlin Butts, and uh, Kirsten White, Brian White, mm-hmm. Brian White sister, and then Brian. It's like an Oki. It's the Sunday. I can't remember what it's called. It's a Sunday. I, I know. You know I've heard it, yeah, it for years. Being yeah. down in Dallas, yeah. Um, that station. We were playing that, and um, he's like, "Dylan, where are you from?" And I was like, "Mud Creek, Oklahoma." And he goes, "All right." And I go, "You know where that's at?" He goes, "Yeah." Jesus. <laughs> You can tell he's like, and you know, he's an Oki. He's he's crazy around Oklahoma. Like, just tell you, so he knows, um, he knows Oklahoma, but mm-hmm. no, Mud Creek. I was like, I was like, can, you can find it on, you can't find it on Matt. But you know, kind of, just kind of joking around. But then I said, Ringland. He's like, okay, I know where that's at. And but you got him for a second because Mud Creek is just this little creek that runs. You know, it runs all the way down the state. It'll go past Duncan, through uh-huh. Stevens County. It'll come down. Um, 
deep down south of Ringland, mm-hmm. all the way around the Ringland, like basically, you know, kind of coming into the Red River. Eventually, it drops down into the Red River. It just cuts down into it. And that's just right there, you know, kind of south of, southeast of, of Ringland. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, you know, I'm a fourth generation mud creaker, which means like as far back as like, yeah, you know, and it's, people, yeah, white, so, white so folks like in Oklahoma, on both yeah. sides of my family, um, and and you know, these two outlaw families, uh, kind of that's where I come from, and and um, we've been there all this time, and just the, there's a there's a lot of people that are they're old like that, they've been there for a long time, mm-hmm. their kids, kids, you know, you know their whole family, and you went to school with this one, you know, and you that one helped you out of a jam one time here, like, yeah. you know, I mean, they, you know, that's what saved your life one time, like, yeah. you know, it's like stuff like that, you know, everybody, everybody, everybody has history, you know. Everybody owes everybody something and everybody's mad that they owe And then some, yeah, something. some people <laughs> talk about that, but then you really love them, you know, and you know, yep. you hear, it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of wild, but, um, but yeah, um, that, 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 the Mud Creek thing is just like, at some point, they were Mud Creekers, you know, yeah. being from Ringland, you're a Mud Creeker, and, um, it meant something. The Mud Creek tattoo. Everybody gets the Mud Creek tattoo. Where the the, the shittiest, like the most, just like you know, like imprisoned tattoo. You oh, get yeah. Mud Creek is the way to go. Like, and um, you know, it just it's this it's this creek, and yeah, it's good for some fishing sometimes. Um, you know, it's just really a dirty little creek full of snakes. Yeah. But, but it's Mud Creek, you know, and I've camped on it all my life, and uh, and Red River's out there too. So it's a it's a cool place to grow up. I'd like to live out there, uh, big piece of land one day. You know. Shoot, yeah. But. Um, but right now I can't go back there anymore, like my song says. So. <laughs> and obviously, I mean, and I'm I'm a huge believer in this, uh, whether I could back it up, you know, solidly or not. But I think place has way more of an influence, especially on you know the creatives that come out of it, than most people give it credit for. Yeah, I think that's it's a big factor. It's the big is elephant in the room. And with creatives because you can't ever get away from what I don't feel like as a fan and you know a, a wannabe writer I, I can't get away from where I'm from I've tried the ones it that, doesn't work the ones that don't really settle down to have a home like they're kind of brilliant in their own way I guess but mm-hmm. like the ones that really get still stay like Bruce Springsteen he from New Jersey yeah like, who ever talked about New Jersey? Exactly. The yeah. Jersey Shore before Bruce Springsteen came mm-hmm. along. And it became like a. Now it's like I've never been there, but yeah. I think of it as like this Bruce. It's a place that built Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I don't care what it looks like. It could be just a shithole. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm going to go up there and go, man, this is the place that built Bruce Springsteen or Winnipeg, Canada. You know, I'm. I'm you know, Neil Young or yeah. whatever. Like, like those places, they. Uh, I think I think it was Bob Dylan that went to Neil Young's house he grew up in one time and like asked the people there. It's like, can I just walk around? You know, just from walk, he walked up the steps. Yeah. Like, Bob, because he respected Neil Young. You know, he yeah. He was there. He's like, I just wanted to see where he grew up. You know, like, um, you know, Wood Guthrie growing up in Okemo. Yeah, like, exactly. In the time, like, it's, 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 yeah. There's something to that. And there's something to me growing up in, in, in Ringling, Oklahoma. You know saying, what I mean? Like, there's yeah. something there. And, like, it's an untapped area. I think me and Chance Anderson are a few of the, um, few of the Southern Okies in the scene. You know, like, um, everybody else is, I, I, I was going yeah. to the Washtar River. If you're on I-35 going south and you cross the Washington River right there by Paul's Valley, then yeah. you're in southern Oklahoma. That's, yeah. where, that's where it counts. Fulbright tried to tell me chicken shade one time. I was like, no. <laughs> that's not something that's, that's, that's on I-540, man. I was like, no, no, Fulbright, that's, that's central. Golly. Uh, so, yeah, so south of Washington, right there when you get past uh, Paul's Valley, so you're getting like Davis Territory, the Arbuckle Mountains, yep. then you're in southern Oklahoma. Or if you're in western or uh, eastern Oklahoma, when you get down towards like, you're getting through that uh, national forest, you're going south of like... Um, you're south of McAllister and yeah. south of, you know, right there, you're going into Mercury County. Um, there's just a line right there, kind of, of southern Oklahoma, and that's all. 
Eight is not on it. This is what hey, Ardmore is. Yeah, know. I was saying Ardmore has to be. Yeah, Ardmore, it's about parallel to Ringland, like you're. Yeah. And if your county's touching the Red River, there's something about the wilder. The I think the wildest counties in Oklahoma are the ones that are all bordering the Red River. Oh yeah. I really believe. I mean, I'm not saying that because Jefferson County's one of them, but Jefferson County, Love County, right there where yeah. the big Windstar Casino is, you know, uh, uh, Mar- uh, Marshall County, which is like Durant or Medill, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you got McCurtain County, which is. Which is the you know broken bow, um, yeah, little Dixie, town, huge town, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all parallel. That's all you know where the where the Red River's touching Oklahoma. Those counties, they're all something about them. It's a little bit, uh, yeah. It's 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 a little wilder than than uh, anywhere else north of there. I so think. less less civilized. Refuge of the outlaw. The true in one, quotes, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, actual real ones. The places where you go disappearing, really, and you know, yeah. Haulers. Either like, you know, getting thrown into the river or, you know, getting fed to pigs or whatever, you know, happens to you out there. You can also pull the Billy the Kid stunt, yeah. except I don't have to go to another state. Yeah, you just go to the next county. I just, <laughs> I just delete my Facebook right now and like just go, I'm, I'm going to go to, um, I got one friend in, um, out in McCartan County. I'm going to go out and live out there in the, this pasture, like <laughs> come to land twice a year, like, like a, you know, like Copperhead Road. I, I yeah. probably wouldn't see me for. Yeah, nobody's going to come out there and look come, for me. No, no cell phone? No, yeah, Shoot, I could disappear. No. So, uh, but you can do that in Southern Oklahoma. Hell yeah. Well, man, let's play some songs. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, yeah. I'm... Dolls, I didn't know any of them at the time. I didn't know that band at the time, but now I'm a big fan of theirs. I agree. They're great, yeah. yeah but I, I, was, I, shook, I shook all their hands. It took like, me too you guys long. Were good. It took me too long to find dollars. But I mean, I was shaking their hands, like going, "You guys are great." Like, really didn't. <laughs> nice job. We had, like met all of them. Like, had no idea. I was, yeah, we got to hang out with Hayes backstage, and, uh-huh. uh, and uh, I remember uh, Rob Bard. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. I met him backstage, and he was just kind of like a. I didn't know who he was. You know, we were both kind of in the same. You know the. Well, what are we doing there with the songwriters? Or yeah. Going, you know, I'm hanging out with Travis. He's like, oh, yeah, we're playing in Fort Worth tomorrow with his drummer. And, yeah, so we were kind of hanging out backstage. But it was cool. You know, I, I've been around Hayes a couple of times, too. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Oh, yeah. But I never lead on that, you know, I'm around it, but I'm a real, real big fan of what he's got going on. Uh, but, um, you know, we're, we're down there, and the Ava Brothers the headliner that day. So... So during Hayes' set, Hayes and Travis and them, I go out front. I sat down. I actually knew a friend from uh, back when I was going to college that was uh, that lived in Dallas now. He just happened to see me post some Instagram picture and be like, you're here. I'm here, too. And I went, so I went and sat by him and his, his wife, and uh, who I hadn't, hadn't met yet. And I hadn't seen this guy in five, five years, maybe. Uh-huh. So it was kind of cool. You know, we're sitting out there watching the set. But when I'm going back to the backstage area after they're done, I'm going walking back there. And there's like three other acts between Hayes and the David brothers. So... And this person comes walking up to me real fast, and like, and I have the credential around my neck, like the all access pat. Yeah. And and yeah, whatever style he was in at the time, I was in the same, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. I can looking back on it, like I, you know, it's like I should capitalize. Well, I, I get, I get it. Like, uh, why this fat guy was like, he's come walking up. He goes, Seth David, Seth David. I was like, I'm not that guy. He goes, Hey, hey man, uh, would you take a picture of me real quick? Uh, um, He's like, uh, I was like, man, I'm, I'm really not, I'm not that dude, you know, I just look like him. And he's like, dude, like he was, he like kind of did like, and I kind of stopped too. And he's like, dude, take a picture of me, man. And I was like, I was heading to the backstage area, like the, as I'm walking, I'm like, stop. I look like a liar. I was like, dude, I'm not that guy. I'm not Seth David, man. I'm not. And he was like, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> and like, it walked off. He might've went the rest of, he might've been like, fuck this guy here. Just hate David brothers. Fuck David like, brothers. Seth like, David's just the biggest dick ever. Because I looked that much like him, but he just right back there like, 
Not him. And I was walking back to the backstage and then a couple of, yeah. And dude, that's funny. I didn't actually get to, I saw those guys standing out there, but I didn't ever like walk up and like stand next to him and go, hey man, we take a picture of me. We're the same person. <laughs> but we do look alike, yeah. God, so dude. so after that, I was sensitive to people. Sensitive to people that's that. funny. I should have just took a picture with the guy. Yeah. Just like same thing. I should have been like, clip. But it's like one of those things, like I don't want to like, I, I'm not Seth David, like I don't want to like, you know. Not be Seth David. That dude tells all his friends he's Seth David. But at the <laughs> same time, one one two things happen. Scenarios. One, he goes on to hate the band that he loved. Yeah. And he got fucked over by the guy. You know, because I looked so much like the guy. Yeah. Uh, and the situation just made it look like I was being, you know, dude. Yeah. Dude, like take yeah. a picture of me. I was like, <laughs> like I was just being the asshole. No. Dang, that's great. And he was like, yeah. So two things could happen. I could take a picture with him, and he went and told all his friends, "Leave me and Seth David." And they went, "Oh my god, that is wow!" And he put it on his wall, and like. Never see him again. Who cares? Like it's a, this is because Dave's live. Like God dang it. Only thing he's strange to him is when he gets you know, said David gets out there. He's like, man, wardrobe change. Did you get hair, <laughs> yeah. hair a little more shorter. Uh, like so, whatever difference there is. Like if he notices that, he's like, man, he kind of he went cleaned up back there. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Whatever you know, like gained, Those, 20, gained twenty pounds. Costume like. changes are nuts nowadays. Oh. But yeah, so I get it. Like That's now I'm sensitive. If somebody comes up and goes, "You said David," I'm just going to evaluate the situation and be like, "I might be today." I <laughs> All right, shit. Uh, I don't know. Do uh, do you hear? Are you rolling right now? Yeah, I okay. just click on. I'm just going to um, throw a, a little tune on real quick here. Oh yeah, tune up, tune yeah. Up. Cool. Yeah, man, it's been fun. Thanks for having me. Um, First one. I'm gonna do a just play a couple two song two. Yeah, yeah, two's good. I'm good with whatever. That should give you like a good hour, round it out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cut cut a bunch of stuff out. Cut a bunch of stuff out, but there was some we had dead space, chops and stuff. Yeah, and but maybe cut this little part out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Alright, it's a song now. Uh, let me see. What, 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 does one anyone here? I mean, like, uh, oh, this, man. this is the record. Personal yeah, I appreciate favorite. what you said on, uh, online about the record, too. I, I really do. Yeah. I, I saw that, and I was like, I think we'd already agreed to do the show, but we hadn't said a day. But I mean, yeah. when I saw that, I was like, man, that's, uh, that wasn't just like, um, you know, saying that you like the album. It was some really cool words. It, it probably made some, it turned some other people on. Yeah, I hope, and that's, that, and that's, that's, man, that's my goal when I do that shit is like, I, I want other people to like it as much as I do. That's always my problem. Is like, why don't you like this as much as I do? You know what I mean? It's, it's trying to do that. But man, off the new album, either Black Daisies is that name right? Yeah, yeah. Black Daisies yeah. or Ichabod Crane are my two favorite off that. Um, and then shit off the other three, South of Loco and you like South Loco, South of Loco and. Uh, because, yeah, being from Texas, Loco, you know, Mexican influence, like, no, that's actually a town, but it's kind yeah, of the double entendre yeah. of, like, South of Crazy as well. Yeah. Uh, and then Pay the Fiddler. Those are okay. four favorites, but play one of those and then Let's Dealer's do, uh, Choice. Storm. I was love sick deep in Sodom and Gomorrah, so far from heaven. I was at the gates of hell. Yeah, wheels on fire, my brakes are shot. I got a cinnamon fire by the hill on slide. Christmas Eve with that old Carter County Jail. I was 
made of myself with a twisted root And I was scorching myself with forbidden fruit It's a wonder, made it past old Fort Worthless Now overtaken, overtook in the belly well They called Captain Hook wide awake Point blank in the fiery furnace Just living in a basement of a rock bottom Our time and deep down there in a rock bottom. And a rose for my widow, black daisies for my brown blues. Yeah, never mind that repeat false start until death do us part. Lack the wisdom, the copy of love and hate. Fish the sun and tidal waves, hurricanes and opiates for days. The story how that west it got raped. But I saw you smash pumpkins over not success, chicken and dumplings are crossed with your narcissistic tendency. Gotta sweeping up that old after side, your girls take so much violence, methamphetamine, LSD, little deep, deep, deep. In a basement of rock bottom. Trouble days we have a kind. A Russian roulette best out of five. Stonewall, quick sanded too. I was underneath the weather. I was down there in the cellar. Striking matches off the memory of you. Never not to be mistaken. My ethical act of appreciation. Just a form of heart disease they call jealousy. But I ego exorcism. I'm all out of serotonin. Got a full prescription. Memphis blues. Better blues. Of rock bottom, Captain Double Deviated, Deviated Septum Blues. Hard time and deep down, Ryan Bingham, rock bottom. There roses for my widow and black daisies for the old brown recluse. There roses for my widow and black daisies. For my brown clues. Yeah. Yeah, man, I wrote that song. Uh, kind of just, <laughs> just painted, really, just this is where I am, but I was kind of exaggerating a little bit. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't throw in really. Uh, I, the the spider just happened to just like land in the. That just happened to be like timing. I, I was like, man, I want to write a song with Brown Recluse as a woman in the song. Yeah. I wanted to do that for a little while, and I've been thinking about that. Well, then it just kind of. I was writing this song about the basement rock bottom and it didn't even dawn on me that I was like, what's going to be the hook? Like, where? And I was like, oh yeah, the brown rock, I, 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 I can stick in the basement. I can use this. Yeah. 
God, and like, like a month before the record came out, I was going through a point in my life that I, I feel like I know why you wrote that song, like specifics probably. I will never speak it or like tell you. I don't know. Maybe right. way off. But I feel like I know exactly what that song's about and I feel like I was in the same place a month before that record came out and that's that was the chewing on it part. Yeah. One of one of the biggest chewing on it parts was that song, that that upbeat. The the, the one of the, the happiest sounding songs you ever that's what I'm saying is one of the darkest. It hit me like yeah. the heaviest and I mean, the basement of rock bottom. Yeah. And it's like we didn't know we don't even like, know there was a basement down there. Like, I was just a month out from like like finally like kind of getting my headspace right and like that song I was like, fuck yeah! I'm like <laughs> I was so pumped, man. It's, it's like so just when yeah. you know, just when you yeah. think that rock bottom is this yeah. hard, and there's a like, there's a sub level, fucking more. There's a sub level down yeah. there. God, man. Yeah, no, man. I appreciate yeah. appreciate you uh, you saying that and uh, that song. Uh, yeah, whenever I was writing all these songs for the Scarecrow sessions, like. I knew when I was put this record out and the songs as a whole, like um, that time, I knew where I capped it, you know. So I have another, I have eight more songs for another record I've written since like uh, about the time I, I guess it would have been um, Miss Nobody. I think I capped it right there. Uh-huh. So you know, I mean, like the collection of songs I wrote up to that point, and then everything I wrote up to that was going to go to the next, no matter how good it was or whatever. I was going to mix yeah. and match somewhere else. But I knew these songs as a whole, like in, in that time frame in my life. Uh, was the best I'd, I'd written. I feel like as a, a songwriter, like, I, I, it, it came together like you know, I, I whatever whatever used to take me, I didn't quite get said or like mm-hmm. like I wanted to. I li- or later I'd kind of think, oh man, I kind of I modified, modified that line or after playing it a thousand more times or whatever you know, like yeah or whatever it was like in the editing process maybe um, where I'd be like, man, I could have said that with just saying you know instead of saying it four lines, I could have done that in one. Uh-huh. By doing this, like you know, yeah. like my brain got to, by the time these this this record came up, you know, I've gotten to where now that that happens, I can do that. I, yeah. I can go, and I, ooh, you know, and like, as a fan, I think I, not that I don't like your other three records, but it's from top to bottom, it's yeah. your strongest record. I feel like for sure, yeah, it's it, which is the like, best, the best songs. songs. It's the best yeah. songs, yeah. And I think right. that um, it's been cool. It's been a, it's been a fun. It's been fun so far. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of publicity. Going into it, I did. I just, I kind of have a, a lot of friends, and like, yeah. I, I just would like send one to Shane Hollinger and be like, oh, do you want to use? And like, you know, send one to, you know, a couple of the, you know, the writers that I know that you know, the write, the you know, write for No Depression or write for, uh-huh. you know, and just like, you know, like here, take you want you want this record? Like, I was just like, just kind of doing it like the, the backpacking kind of way, you know, like, um, and that's just kind of a financial thing, really, you know, it's yeah. like. It's just, it's, you know, I, I, work, I work, I work hard, man. I play a lot of shows, but it, it just, you know, um, it's talk, it takes a lot of money really to get the oh, right, shoot, to get yeah. those right people. You know, you want to hire the best publicist and, and do a proper release. And I'd like to do that. I think that's cool about the go for the crowdfund me. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, for at sure. At first I was like, man, you can only do that one time, but really it makes a lot of sense in the modern age of music when yeah. streaming's the number one way music's consumed. Um, you know, it's just like it makes sense to like say, "Hey, here, here, you guys help us. We'll make the album together." You know, and yeah, for donate. sure. And so I'm, I may do another, another uh, crowdfunding. Definitely, yeah. For the I next mean, record, I, and try to put it towards promotion. You know, I mean, like I, if yeah, I always try to. If I don't get in on the crowdfunding, I feel guilty, and like I try to go get the record like as soon as it comes yeah. out or see a show like as soon, it, you know, it, just because it's really there's a lot of people out there that. Uh, but it's so much easier to do that. Especially for, you know, because there's a lot of people that I like that they never play around me. Like, even people, you know, there's a lot of people from, oh, like, Oogie Songwriters that never get 
West Oklahoma City yeah. very often, and it's like, damn, I still want to like you know give my five bucks, but I don't have opportunity to ever do that outside right. of this point. So. And in today's day and age too, if you, like you go in and you record, you go in and do like we talked about earlier, like uh-huh. you know. I'm not going to say on the record, you know, but yeah. super secret, great way to go into yeah. maximize your. You're going to make a real record. PEDs. Make yeah. a real record, and you know, and then you don't you'll tank on like the budget there. You get uh-huh. the you you can get the nicest studio, the most badass production team you want, but you know you you formulate that kind of recording. Get the real, you know, go in there and perform the songs and uh-huh. get like you would on stage. You get in there and like. And don't don't mess around. Don't chase no dragons. And the song is gone. You go in there and play it. You know, knock it, knock it, knock it out. And get it, and then uh, and then you put the, the budget you have towards, you know, telling print, print every, vinyl, and, telling everyone about and, and, it, and yeah, yeah. And, and getting getting it to a um, you know promotion. Which I mean, I, like I said, I've done a lot of my, that myself, and I, um, some cool things have happened though. Americana UK is doing a, a review on it. It should be out. Yeah, shit. Yeah. I that's, think the end of the month. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been assigned and everything. Like. Oh, yeah. That's cool, and that was just because of some fan of mine or like buddy, well, somewhere yeah. I met through, you know, he, your music. He, he, he rides, yeah, one of those guys <laughs> had wrote me, uh, and uh, he messaged me. He goes, "Hey man, just let you know, I'm writing for American UK now." And he's like, well, "You know, here's the things. Submit to this, and I'll make sure that Mark, you know, I'll, I'll do my damnedest to get get you a, a sign because there's so many, only so many to get a sign and this and you know, I didn't even know how big a deal it was. I just knew like, oh cool, I got a lot of listeners in Europe or, or over in, in Spain and France, uh-huh. like. Cool. Thank you, man. I was, but then I kind of like looked into it, and I was like, "Oh man, this guy was like just." I don't feel like he's just doing that, like messaging people. You know what I mean, like yeah, privately. A, I was like, and I was like talking shit. to him. Yeah, I man. Thanks a lot, man. He's like, "Yeah, your stuff's you know, it's good, man." He was like, "It's it's better than a lot of the stuff that they they that they write the review, you know." And, yeah. and I just want to see it, and maybe help get you over there. I was oh, like, man. so it, you know, this guy right now is like the whatever happens with that, or you know, later if I get to do do nice little couple tours over there I really got to thank this this man yeah. I'm, um, yeah, that'd be, yeah yeah hell yeah and I'm, I mean I would say his name on the on the right now but I really just you know it's like that that bag of like a yeah I can't off the top of my head I gotta yeah. go back and like Americana J- UK though all edit, that's getting edited all edited, that dude's name that's awesome yeah that's badass hell yeah spread the dirt man yeah man and it's like um yeah, the internet changes. Like, yeah, you know, records don't sell like they used to. Well, you know what? Uh, they get listened to. Yeah. Quick and fast and in a hurry. And it, you know, I was talking about a uh, playing with playing with uh, Dalton Domino. Uh-huh. Irish came filling in for Jack Ingram. Two hundred people were out there, like, wanted to see Jack Ingram, but they didn't leave. They stayed there. Yeah, that's impressive. And halfway through the set, I was sitting there playing, and we it, it been great, a killer actually. And uh, me and Dalton just joined in. We're like almost like he played a guy Clark song. I played a guy Clark song. You know, like we were kind of you know join each other's music too. One of those situations uh-huh. where like you're, you know, it's cool. It was a cool thing. And and, uh, and then um, some girl comes up and she's real hoarse. She's pretty male, pretty chick in her like you know probably she looked like she might be in her late thirties, early forties. You know, like she's like she's actually a little older than that. But I say that she looked she looked like she was in her late thirties, early forties. She might have been pretty if she, she was half her she, age. She, she, <laughs> she was the one that got away with Tom Skinner. Yeah, her name yeah. was Crystal. Uh, Crystal yeah. she's a rambling girl. That's this is that Crystal. Uh-huh. Like might confirm that later. Mike McClure might confirm that later. But at the time, I didn't know her. I went there on stage and she goes, "Tell people who that fuck you are." All right, I kind of looked at her. And went, what? She goes, "Tell." Tell people who the fuck you are. Nobody oh, knows who the you, fuck you are. Go ahead and say your name. And I was like, it? I had someone name once. I was playing song after song, and like joking, how like, and I go, oh shit. And I was like, you know, and I was like, I'm so happy to be up here. And I was like, you know, kind of did that. Yeah. And Dylan Stewart. And I watched about 15 hands go. Yeah, yeah. Right then and there, when they got that name, they just went to Spotify and they just followed. You know, like that quick. 
Yeah, so that's I, not that we didn't dude, used to have that's that. What in I do like if I see it open, yeah, it's badass. Like that's fast, dude. What's your fucking name? What's your like, boom? As soon as like, I said, <laughs> I mean, that, that's fifteen. I saw just kind of kind of recognized. Yeah. Like this room was, uh, and you probably couldn't see past like the. I made two hundred fans yeah. that night, and they wouldn't know who the fuck I was. And it yeah. went for Crystal going, "Tell me who the fuck you are." <laughs> and then all, all I could say back to her was, "Hey, will you grab me a beer?" <laughs> and she goes, "And like I played it for a while, and finally the beer comes back, and after the show I talked to her, and I was like." Man, thank you for saying that. Like, and she goes, well, I know who you are. And she goes, well, I said, I let that beer sit over there and get just a little bit warmer before I brought it to you because I was so pissed off that she said that to me after that. God. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm just thirsty. And I was like, I really am sorry. And she's like, no, it's okay. But I just listened when you know that I set it on the table and I didn't just bring it right to you when they gave it to me. <laughs> and then that's that time she was like, I knew Tom. And I was like, and she has to talk. And I was like, Crystal? Like, no, and then, yeah, she kind of was like, yeah. Was like, you play banjo from Alabama? She's like, I'm from Alabama, yeah. <laughs> so she's like, and then Mike, later, I walk up and they're talking. He's like, this is Crystal from the Tom song. And then she walked off and um, for a minute, and Mike goes, man, that was the one that got away. Tom loved her. I was like, I could tell. Like, she was just like, yeah. Like I said, she looks, you know, 20 years younger than she was. She's a real pretty lady. And, uh, Tell people who the fuck you are. Like, it was funny, man. Looking back on it, like, and, but I realized, like, oh my god, like she was trying to help. You know, yeah, get, she she had an attitude. Like, do the simplest thing. To what help are you yourself? Yeah, like, you know, do it, man. You uh, dummy. Like, yeah, it's funny, man. So if I so if I see Crystal from now on, like, uh, yeah, that's my first encounter. Yeah. yeah. God. But uh, I'll play here. I'll play another one. Okay. Let's do. Um, let's do a protest song. You want to? Oh yeah, always. Folks without a home Taking to the streets Of the Alabama heat Not a place they can even call their own Caught up in the pride Heartache can't divide The highway, the ladder, and the crow We're from Baghdad Just a pocket full of sand No man, your son ain't coming home Boston, Mississippi Harlem, Kansas City The winds do ride where they roam the dead horse, just the echo from a distant trumbo. Don't you pardon that witch, televise that lynch, and give the good people what they sow. Take it to the brain like a wick of bar crane, your heavy head laying by the road. Your own sermon, same old highway patrolman Might have shoot you before you even start to speak Register to vote Before you choke on that old heartache of the recently deceased Headless man, that old tyrant of the land He's a butcher, the angels and the beasts Potter into wine, devils into swine Yeah, it's just another hand among the feast Why don't you burn that witch? Televise that lynch Do it cause a serpent told you so Drown in the rain like a wick of bought crane with your heavy head laying by the road. 
days Aspirate Look her in the eyes, you turn to stone I painted devil red By the headless man Your heavy head Laying right there By the road Crane with your heavy head laying by the room. Hit a bark crane with your heavy head laying by the room. Hit a bark crane, your heavy head laying by the room. Hit a bark crane with your heavy head laying by the Televise that lynch Why don't you burn it in your forehead so you know Drive yourself insane Like a wicker bar crane With your heavy head Laying by the road So that was Dylan Stewart uh, First song After that little preview was Pay the Fiddler Title track off his first album Last two you heard there at the end with the little little bit of talk in between was Black Daisies and Headless Man off his new album, The Scarecrow Sessions. Check it out, buy it, stream it, whatever, however you consume music, do it that way. He's going to be in Tulsa, the Mercury Lounge tonight. Uh, this is Friday. So go check him out with Brian White of uh, the Damn Quails. Roger Ray, formerly of the Jason Bullen and the Stragglers, a couple other uh, songwriters, musicians. Should be a cool little song swap jam. I'm not sure what they're doing, but with those names on it, it's something worth checking out. So go do that. Follow him on social media at Dylan Stewart Music, I believe, on Instagram. Dylan Stewart on Facebook. Um, check all that out. Find a show. He's at JJ's Alley in OKC. Uh, all the little bars and dives and venues in Tulsa quite a bit opening up for cats all over Oklahoma and, and the 35 corridor so see him check him out say what's up buy some merch buy a CD but uh, just put the song first catch y'all next time
see one quite this bad till you see the shape I'm in. There's an Indian casino on the edge of town. Maybe it's time for me to win. Lost everything that I could carry around. No, I ain't never going back again. Your voice is calling out so loud, and I bet she's got her an evil grin. Watch this bad till she sees the shape I'm in. I bought it, paid the fiddler, saw the devil dance. Fever it's sitting in. Been waking up tomorrow, picking roses with the dead. All the shape I'm in. about it, the top of Mount Gideon. I'll take it with the whiskey, shovel out my pain to the tune of your accordion. Made it across the valley for my smoking lift in the shadow of a wicked wind. Crosses on my eyes forever, bite my tongue, goddamn, shape I'm in. Yeah, I've already paid the fiddler, saw that devil dance. Roses with the dead, the shape I'm in. Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, man. Shit, yeah. Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate you. Always.